Hello there, everyone. This podcast is brought to you by everybody's favorite Xenoblade Chronicles game, Xenoblade Chronicles X. We hope you enjoy our discussion on the protect. Wait, shit, wrong game. Uh, it's Super Cast Brothers. Smash for this podcast where we make character move sets for things, and sometimes talk about things and get driven insane by Jonathan from. We're not doing Tom Nuke today. No, that was last Smashtopia. Well, I'm doing my gyroid dance for him. Oh yes. I was wondering what that was. I, see, I, I was, was like, done. I don't know what's happening here. Are you trying to mimic running? Are I'm you just running saying... away from Xenoblade Chronicles X because you don't like it? I loved I loved Xenoblade Chronicles. You X. did not play it. I watched it a uh-huh. long time ago. A long time ago. The Chronicles of Cross, if you will. What a guy. It's gone. How far did I throw it? Okay, something he picked, something Lister picked up in oh, Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Yep. It, it, I was Because I knew the game was rare. And I knew, you know, there's, there's I had an interest in playing it. And I saw it's like, it's, wait, what the fuck? It's right here. I can buy it right now. I'm just going to get, get, get that bought. Reasonably and then bought get price. home and download... The uh, uh, the updates because holy hell you need them apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Wii U Virtual Console. Unfortunate. One day we'll be saying the same thing about NSO. Yeah. And all of the fun games like Kirby Tilt and Tumble that we're playing on it right now. And Prehistoric Man. I forgot that was even on there. That's a that's a guy who's very hairy. That game isn't on the Japanese version of the NSO. Thank God we have the superior version of NSO then. <laughs> yeah, screw genealogy of the Holy War. Get yourself some prehistoric man. <laughs> yeah. Good old Xenoblade. What a thing. Good old Xenoblade. I love retro RPGs. Let's just give a shout out to that reveal, even though it's untimely. Super Mario RPG on the Switch. Yep. Cheeto. Looking good. For Smash. Looking good. A surprise drop of Gino on His number. odds just mm-hmm. fucking skyrocketed. He became a real boy. <laughs> I'm... Whoa. <laughs> I fell. I, I, I'm, I am it's thrilled not super it. secured. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Turned out pretty good. That was that was a Christmas gift for Lister last year, I think. Uh, From, something like that, yes. Something like that. Uh, you know, those Etsy creators, man. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing Mario Brothers Wonder. It was it was a good direct. It was a solid direct. Was there if anything this, else in the direct? I thought it was just those two things. Uh, WarioWare Wiggle Worms. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, hey. Smooth Moves was great. And this just looks like Smooth (laughs) Moves, too. So. Which apparently is what it's called in Japan. So, there we go. Literally a sequel. Then what Mm -hmm. was Smooth Moves called in Japan? Uh, something. Smooth. Whatever it is in in Japanese, apparently this is called that, too, in Japan. This this Lich Move in, in. Wario Wear, keep your wrist strap on, for God's sake. Dancing <laughs> Maiden Wario. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> Some more of this. Like, it seems like the whole series is called Made in Warriors. That one's just dancing. Or at least mm-hmm. they were in the old ones. Uh, That's pretty funny. No, no, no. no. In Jip, uh, the Japanese version of the movie is called Super Dancing Made in Wario. There we go. Super. Sweet. Oh, God. Korean. The Korean name. Mm. Get this. Amazing, dancing, crazy Made in Wario. <laughs> How about that? Uh, that sounds great. I saw Korean Lay's at the grocery store today that were imported, and it was a small bag for nine dollars. And it was, it was American turkey flavor. Oh. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what constitutes an American turkey? <laughs> a turkey from America. Oh, they had to travel a long way from Korea to get those things. Mm. Mm. More import. Yeah. Hence the price. Um, yeah, so Kelly, you have any highlights from that direct? Hi, yeah, that was, um, I liked, I liked what I saw. It was, uh, pretty solid overall. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very weird in spots. Like the, the wonder closing with wonder was a good choice. I think, cause I feel like that's mm-hmm. very much the antithesis of new, the new series where the, whereas those games weren't bad, so to speak, they were just very like, they were like the peak of, you know, play it safe, standardized Mario. While this mm-hmm. one seems to be having like. You know, deliberate attempts to have inject some personality. Daisy's back. The Yoshi's are playable. The whole thing just feels like, what if we gave Mario actual shrooms this time? <laughs> what if we let Mario be weird again? Yeah, it's the, a, the it's whole like, the whole new era. We'll just like, okay, everything looks the same. Everything is the same mechanics. There's been mm-hmm. there's no innovation, and mm-hmm. then we have Wonder. It's like, yeah, well, so, some of it looks a little. Odd, the some of the jumping animation is a little bit weird, but it's not. It looks like it's actually going to have you know some content, and it's not going to be boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, without a timer and with all the weird crap that they're throwing in there, it's kind of like Mario's answer to Wario. Speaking Almost of, yeah, there not being a timer. So Pikmin Four, we also got to see more of. Mm-hmm. And Twilix was mentioned to me earlier today about a video who was watching that uh, had more look at the gameplay. And apparently there's a rewind function in Pikmin 4? I heard about that, yeah. Oh, yeah what yeah. the fuck? How will that work, I wonder? I don't know, but it sounds weird. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how I feel on... about that. Your Pikmin's demise. That almost. Do you think that almost takes away some of like the risks like, yeah. involved? I guess it depends. I say, at the very least, it does if you want it to. So I, I would imagine. True. True. So, kind of like baby mode in Fire Emblem that Lister uses. Well, the cappy mode in the Odyssey. It's like yeah. it's nice to have that option if you. Want. I also use baby mode in Fire Emblem. Not gonna lie, it's just I, so much less when, stressful. When I was Sometimes recording Odyssey, I got I, I beat the game. I did all the things I wanted to do. I didn't get all the moons because God, no. <laughs> but I, I did all the ones I wanted to do. Then I get to like the secret mission, whatever the fuck it's called, on the moon where you do all the, the huge final challenge. I played it for about an hour. I think I got about three fourths of the way through. And I just could not get past the point after an hour. I was like, all right, cap mode. We're going to finish this, even if I have to go cheating. <laughs> nice. That's why it's there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sweet. If it's not fun, why bother? Words of a great man once said. Ghost of Tsushima. I had to turn the difficulty down because I wasn't having fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, those first few streams were pretty, were pretty special. <laughs> I, am too, I am too old to deal with that bullshit. Uh, there are too many games to play, not enough time to play it. I gotta move on. I hear that. I hear that entirely. It's like, it's like there's some games you quit playing because you, you just you just gotta move on. Like I, I can't do this anymore. Fuck it. We're done. Like bug fables. I did give up on bug fables. They gave me a stealth segment. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. Hey, you Metal Gear Solid collection on the Switch. That's pretty cool. That's what I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, I don't really feel... I feel a, a part of me feels icky about supporting Konami and all, but on the other hand, I didn't. I never got to play one or two, and I only played three on 3DS, which, to mm-hmm. be fair, had pretty good controls. It was great. The frame, yeah. just... Yeah. It has the crouch walk, which everybody praises for being like the best thing about that game, because apparently the other game's versions don't have it. Mm-hmm. You can just walk while crouched, but... I digress. Yeah, I uh, I feel the same way. I mean, Konami went full on just like gangster crap for years. Um, the way they treated Kojima was yeah. like literally criminal. Um, locking him away in a in a den for hours and hours on end, saying "finish it, but don't finish the story," and then we're gonna fire you <laughs> and not invite you to the game awards. Despicable, yeah. yeah Even their own, their own employees, like I've heard, like you have cameras constantly monitoring you to make sure you're always mm-hmm. you know, you're not taking breaks more than you need, like that sort of thing. It's just, it's so mm-hmm. satellite. Yeah, and and you know, I don't, I don't know where they're at now. These were reports from ten years ago, but I would imagine not much has changed. And unless they saw the the, the money with these money talks, with these companies, they lost a lot of money, a lot of money. And they thought Pachinko was the way of the future. Pachinko and Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> we don't um, talk about the Dark Ages. No. So, I, mean, I agree on Konami's part. I, unfortunately, I mean, you know, I love Castlevania. I bought both the Castlevania collections on the Switch. And I'm probably going to end up getting Metal Gear. Mm. It's just kind of is what it is. I did get um, Walking... I did get Postman Simulator, though. And I'm going to get the second one. So, <laughs> Is that a stealth game? Sometimes they have the dead hands from Tears of the Kingdom in them, but they're actually really? they're actually people, baby things from that are goop oh. from another dimension. Well, that sounds horrifying. Yeah, yeah. One of those games that like pretends to be something else on the surface, but then it's like the more you play, it's like, oh, this is. You get to make bombs out of Norman Reedus's bodily fluid. Oh, here, oh, you think? Here's oh, sorry. the ask. You're you're saying is this kind of game that like acts like one thing on the surface and it's something else that's straight we had no fucking marketing on for that game came out besides like it's kojima it's gonna be good the first walking strand type game i thought you were talking about like an actual postman simulator i didn't know you were talking about death stranding until just until you made that so i was like what what is that that sounds cool but it's like, oh, Most people generally call uh, it a walking simulator yeah. to give credit that, that's the thing that drives me the the most insane about Death Stranding and the lead up to it is you had all these people that were just like, oh yeah, it's gonna be amazing. It's a it's a Kojima game. It's like, well, what's the game about? Ah, it's amazing. It's a Kojima game. It's like, 
Okay. Can you mm-hmm. tell me? Can you can you can you give us any details about this game? Kojima's making it. A baby. It's amazing. It's like, cool. Awesome. What the fuck was the marketing for that game? Yep. Yep. I couldn't tell you. And in the end, it was, I it was good, but very niche and not great. Yeah. And we just lost our last fan. Norman Reedus, don't go. I didn't know you're listening. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Hey. Nintendo Direct. We got some good announcements. We got some. Well, we got some announcements. But now we got a. We got an episode to record here, boys. An episode that has been long in the waiting for us because somebody took forever. To play the fucking game. Hey, listen, I, I was I I, 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 I'm busy. Yeah. Oh, you don't need me. I started playing like two weeks after both of you started, and I finished first. You like you like blinked, and the game was over. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but okay. Yeah. Because I don't have a life. I agree. Like, hey, it's it's hard. Like, wow, fuck game. you. That's rude. You it's tough as wow. you get older, you have to like be more discerning in your time, and that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm starting my time in the way that when people are just like, "Hey, you want to go out to this place?" Like, no. Oh, do do you ever want to go out? No, go away. I'm staying in my house where my things are, <laughs> and where I control the temperature. Fuck you. It is difficult to. I've learned to beat a traditional RPG these days for me because you're, you're and Xenoblade. They've gotten so long. Yeah, traditional yeah. RPGs in the past were like forty hours. For Final Fantasy yeah. Seven, it's a lot shorter than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. Xenoblade's like, oh, you would have a traditional RPG adventure, and it's going to take you forty hours. Ha! Huh. Let's triple that number. It's like, oh, okay. Xenoblade Chronicles Three as well. I, I, it feels a little more trim than the other two games, and even it did then, in places. Yeah, and even then, I mean, I, I think I still time sunk like eighty hours into the thing when I was over with it. I mean, Xenoblade Two though was a goddamn monster. Uh huh. I, I easily, easily put in double the time on Xenoblade Two, and that was just getting to the main, practically just getting to the main freaking story. Yeah. Uh, I've been recording Persona 5 Royal lately, and uh, today, let me, yeah, today we recorded episode 120. My gosh. Yeah. Oh. More episodes than Super Cast Brothers at present. This is episode 101. Oh. Kelly's here for this special occasion. It's a new era. Yes, it is. New Kelly, era. With the Kelly friend. is finally on a Smashtopia episode after five seasons. Uh, yes. Smasher dashes. Oh, happy to, privilege to be here, guys. So thank you again for having, for hosting me. We'll see how you feel after we dismangle your moveset and put it inside of a robot skeleton where it has pieces of others and it just they all cry together because yeah. none of them are complete anymore. We're gonna Frankenstein something oh. other. Yes. No, sounds in a way, it is. Five Nights at Freddy's, y'all. Yep. <laughs> Nicholas Cage and Dead by Daylight, y'all. Fuck yes, though. 
<laughs> I'm glad that he's a survivor and not a killer because it, it would make sense either way, but it makes it's kind of fun cool to see him just be a playable character this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who's to say he won't come back later? As one of the killer and like both survivor and a killer, so he can just like you can be playing as Nicolas Cage and then Nick Cage can come and stab Nick Cage. I mean, my biggest dream has always been that they would get Terminator and uh, Predator, because then you get Arnold Schwarzenegger, the survivor, from Predator, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the killer, for Terminator. I I just want that so bad. Please. (laughs) Give it to me. That would be cool. That would be something. Well, let's get to the chopper. And the chopper is this episode of Smashtopia. It is. But first... We're going to do some showcases. Pick out a couple things from the Smashtopia Wiki that weren't made on the podcast. And yes, you know, shine on a light on some shit we've done. So, John, no. What's your first showcase today? My first showcase, don't mind me, begins from the trunk of an elephantine friend. Uh, the Elodon from Bonifacio 7? Even closer my friend it is whoa i totally lost my train of thought it's mastodoom from super mario rpg legend of the seven stars yes that guy's from that game as well this is why i chose this random freaking submission because it's what i had from smrpg so far on the wiki um mastodoom is one of the rarest enemies in the game uh it is as the name may imply a skeletal mastodon woolly mammoth thing <laughs> kelly looks perturbed already i know I to look um, this up. yeah they're they're like a general enemy but really their strength or their all their stats make them more like a boss um they're generally slow moving but they can rush back and forth um relatively quickly if they feel like it surrounded by a forceful energy when they do so not unlike some larger enemies from subspace emissary um if there's so they have a lot of melee prowess they can ram into you and just cause a heck of a ruckus and and really instantly break shields ground you into the into the earth uh do many a thing um just just by existing next to you but if they're far away they're also spellcaster spellcasters oh interesting yeah so they, uh, they're capable of drain beam where they shoot a sudden burst of blue energy from their snout their trunk if you will targeting foes so it's like a auto target beam that shoots out it's like a guardian from breath of the wild but a skeletal woolly mammoth and it's also- terrifying honestly yeah it kind of is a, a real mammoth is scary enough but like a, this is basically dry mammoth dry, dry yeah bone, a dry yeah. bones Speaking of which, like dry bones, they fall into shambles if you deal 100% damage or more to them, but they will eventually come back. Mm. <laughs> Never quite so, safe. If you're in an adventure mode setting, just move on. Just move on after you defeat um, it. Can, it's also capable of summoning a sandstorm. So if it slams its front, front feet into the ground, it causes an earthquake that shakes the screen and fills it with a bunch of sand, like a musk of sand filling up the, the screen, as Sandstorm does. And it slows fighters down if they aren't shocked into position by the quake, 
and anyone if you're near the mastodoom when it does this you're going to be dealt some pretty devastating damage if you if it's being touch you huzzah wow you know this brings up a question though yeah the enemies in mario rpg have some real fucking weird names are mm-hmm. you going to change any of them because like for some things it's like okay here's a spiky but we're going to call him something completely weird, like an oricon or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> like Good they, question. What the fuck with some of the names? Mm-hmm. We know that we know that there is something's being changed. Like uh, Valentina's boobs are no longer going to jiggle like crazy whenever she takes one point of damage. <laughs> God. Yeah. I feel like I need to play this now. You never play. Just, just, just look up my playthrough on YouTube. At some yeah, yeah. I've got it. I've got the SNES Classic, and I've been thinking of giving it a shot one of these days. But do it. There's also just like weird enemies. Like, what's up with the chained Kong? <laughs> I mean, well, that, I mean, that was supposed to be a reference to Donkey Kong, though. Mm-hmm. And they did show that one in the trailer. Chain Kong was there. Whether yeah. I'll have a new name or not, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there's there's some interesting names here. I'm looking at the wiki right now. Ah, we'll see. Yep. We'll it see. Like, it feels like this is what the Paper Mario series needs after uh, an influx oh. of toads. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're making this game, and it has unique characters like Mallow and Gino in it. Wow. And- and all the toads are in the chancellor's room when you're going in there to tell them about the story. All of them have had their uh, their vest color changed so that the toad can be distinguished. Paper Mario could never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Fog Miyamoto is, is crying in his sheets. It's probably just that that, Squ- that Squeenix influence. That's like the like secret sauce, but it's that, interesting. That's, that's something I'm wondering, and I don't think they've talked about is. Is this being made primarily by Square Enix again, or is Nintendo actually the ones doing the remake? All we really know is that the original director is that the it's not the original director, but the original music director is working on the game. That's all we really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yoko Shinomura is back. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That is a big deal. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's it's going to bring up questions about the rights. It's uh, in contention, kind of like. Hulk movies and the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> so we shall see. We shall see. Well, that's a neat concept, John. Is that just to clarify? Is that a boss or is that just a, a generic enemy? Oh, it's it's an enemy. So if you're playing through an adventure mode, it can show up, and you have the option of risking it and defeating it for some pretty dope treasure. There you oh, go. Spawns. Imagine you. Use an assist trophy and that thing comes out. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of assist trophies, mm-hmm. they were originally planned for melee, right? We know yes. this. Yeah. And Sakurai's even talked about one idea he had for an assist trophy in melee, which hasn't been used in Smash proper. So, therefore, I bring you ducks. The ducks ducks from Duck Hunt. That's right. They're here. Uh, Apparently the transparency user, I 
shows. Decided to make some weird twists with the graphic, but we're moving on. So it's ducks. You know, the duck kind of dog, he can be playable. He's got a duck with him, but this is even more ducks. <laughs> so when the assist trophy pops open, six to ten ducks, depending on how big the stage is, are going to come flying out of it. The ducks are going to fly around yeah, erratically of sorts. They generally they have the goal, though, of just kind of flying up and away past the screen. But they kind of do it like the, in the weird jigzaggedy patterns they do in Energetical Duck Hunt. Uh, making contact with them, uh, they'll deal a small amount of damage to any fighter. And they'll kind of like bounce off of them. So like, if they're flying here, they hit Rob, now they're going to bounce away from Rob and keep mm -hmm. flying in the opposite direction. Uh, after a certain amount of time, any ducks that have failed to fly off the screen, because, I don't know, maybe they were summoned on a stupid stage that shouldn't exist, like the Great Go Offensive, they'll just teleport away. They're, well, they don't teleport away. Instead, they get shot with the uh, the old zapper. So you have, like, that classic little uh, explosion effect, which can also damage players if they're right next to the ducks, too. So don't, nice. don't, don't get close to the ducks. They're not kind to you. Uh, additionally, the ducks can be attacked and they can be KO'd. Uh, they don't have very much um, HP at all. They're very weak. You can easily kill them. Uh, they're also immune to knockback, and while they can be killed, they do not award any points for, for KOs. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Cool. That's the ducks. Back. The duck flew away. I'm not sure if this is the case, but I'm willing to... I wonder if... Um, you know there's the ducks. There's actually the, the melee trophy of the two ducks yep. in melee. That's what my graphic image comes from, I think. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering, I, if, I was wondering if they actually modeled the ducks with that assist trophy plan in mind, but then scrapped it, and then they just repurposed it as a trophy. Uh, it's possible, but I wouldn't say either way, because melee had a lot of uh, 3D models made just for those trophies. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, absolutely. I kind of miss it, you know, something so robust like that, but at the same time, if it wasn't sacrificing anything else about the gameplay, eh, in, in future installments, rather. Let's see here. What you got next? We got a uh, green guy. And it's not me. <laughs> Sarge from Toy Story? Oh. Even closer. <laughs> yes. Actually, Kermit the Frog. Oh, you would hate me if that... Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, is there another one? Yes. Yes. Green Lucina. Green Roy. We're getting the whole spectrum now. Green Violet. Oh, by the way. Green Callie. Green... <laughs> green... Green... <laughs> Tonberry <laughs> Chef. Oh, who's that? It's a uh, like that's all I got. That's all I have right now. No, oh, wow, what a, what a companion! Piece. That's a piece of history right there. So, um, in Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, there's um, beautiful the Greenberry Rush. Hawaiian punch, <laughs> Captain Hawaiian. Tucker somebody right. mod, somebody mod that. Yeah, all right, John, go ahead. Uh, Tonberry chefs are in Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. They're like Tonberries, but they're dressed as chefs. Wonderful. They even have a little, lovely little chef hat, and I forgot what that's called, a, a, a waffle souffle. Um, anyway, this is a spirit. 
could have easily been an enemy and her sister helping too. That would have been kind of funny. But um, in in Crystal Chronicles, you you traverse Machette Manor and you must defeat ten Tonberry chefs that populate the area to reach the boss battle. Uh, they were a large tub. Oh, that's what they're called. That was in my description of the, of the character. So anyway, they look so cuddly, but they're not. They can easily kill you with their large cleavers, and it would be a thing that normally happens around Tonberries. So, in this spirit battle, the Tonberry chefs are represented by four green squirtles. They populate Luigi's Mansion, and each of them is equipped with a Devil Axe, which is another item I made on the Smashtopia Wiki from Fire Emblem. And I think we all know what a Devil Axe does. They will tend... Yeah. It, it can, or it can hurt your opponent pretty good, too. Um, they'll tend to wander in their own quarters. You know how Luigi's Mansion and, and Smash is dictated into four separate little areas. So they're walking back and forth in these areas, and food is dropping from the sky constantly or just appearing in their in their chamber areas. And they're gathering food because they want to make a feast. Uh, if you get too close to these Tonberry chefs, though, they will swipe at you with their devil axes. So... Watch out! You have to find a way to knock out all four and you win. Good times. Interesting. Like yeah. concept. And I imagine we don't really have like, oh, this is what would happen in World of Flight if you get if you win the Tonberry Chef Spirit. I would imagine it's an attack buff and you get a devil axe equipped when you enter. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Food bonuses up. Oh, there you go. That's what I was thinking, too. Attack and, and, and you get a double axe. <laughs> cool. Eat the double axe. <laughs> See what happens. Too powerful. Kirby is already God. Oh my god, yeah. Kirby the double axe is all over. <laughs> what if Kirby swallowed double axe? Yeah. It would... Sim- I don't know what would happen. Clearly. We would have to figure it out. It's going to be a new, going to, going to be a new Kelly vignette. Oh man! Okay. Exceptional. <laughs> new Kelly vignette. Kirby swallows random things. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. I don't know if I'm ready to take on that that prompt. Kirby swallows Lister's amiibo collection on his desk. I'll kill him. <laughs> we will try. John, I have a question for you. Yeah. Who's your favorite character from Xenoblade Chronicles 1? Good. Melia, probably. Kelly, who's your favorite character from Xenoblade Chronicles Shulk. 1? It's close, but I would say Shulk, just overall. I, th- I really like him as a protagonist. I've got him on my... Uh, oh, are they going to ship it? <laughs> I really like him. He's a great, well-rounded protagonist. Melia is definitely up there. Where is he? I can't. See. Where? That's just the Xenoblade Chronicles title screen, but without the Monado. Yep. That's just a timer. <laughs> you showed your phones. I wanted to show my phone. That's not your lock screen. Do you have a lock screen uh, image? I mean, I mean, is I it vaguely a... Xenoblade related? No, it's just a, a black and red screen. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Well, black and red are pretty much Monado or Xenoblade X colors, I guess. You want to push it. I mean, it, it's, it's just this. No, that's, that's fair. It's slightly technological looking. Yeah. Kind of the point of it. Yeah. Anyways, 
so Jono's favorite character is Melia, and Kelly's is Shulk, but he ships Shulk with Melia. Yes. That's, that's, that's what you said. No, I did not well, say you that. Don't? Hey. You ship no. with Juju? Oh god. Is this a Lord. dead are you being serious? <laughs> I'm being serious about my next showcase being a character moveset for Melia. I thought you already did Melia. I thought Melia already is on the wiki. Yeah, these are things that we made on the wiki at some point, and now we're just telling them. Oh, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> struggling to keep up. Okay. Well, Melia got added to the wiki last December. Or yeah. was it November? I think I'm pretty sure it was December. Uh, because, uh, spoiler alert here for Jono and anybody else that uh, has finished Cena Blade 3 but hasn't done post game. Uh, you can recruit Melia and Nia to your team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't know that, uh, go do that. So I made a move set for Melia that kind of pulls a bit from three, a bit from one. It's really just mainly one, but three kind of like adds, I guess, more to it or something. It, we'll get there. Anyways, a Melia move set for Smash because I wanted to do it. And originally, this episode was going to be Nia before Xenoblade 3 was announced. And we're just like, Noah? Noah. Going to do Noah. Anyways, interesting animation. She's just warps. Alchemath tar transporter. It's, there you go. Easy stuff. Kirby wears her hat and her little wings for the Kirby hat. Not her hair, though. Just the hat and the wings. Can't do too much. I mean, maybe the hair, but that's not how I wrote it. So, screw you. <laughs> uh, her up taunt. She's going to turn around and cross her arms and have an annoyed look on her face. Uh, once turned around, she's then going to say, how rude, before she turns back to the fight. Down taunt, Melia's going to clutch her staff close to her and lean her head down towards it with her eyes closed and say, I must not lose focus. <laughs> she will, however, lose focus, just as a warning. Uh, her side taunt, Melia's going to twirl her staff in her hands a couple times before thrusting it forwards and saying, on guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she thinks that she can take down the enemies, but it's not going to go well. I mean, she's pretty strong. Give her some credit. Yeah, and then she falls on her Ether, ass. Man. Ether. Uh, for victory poses. Uh, for her first one, Millie will slam her stats on onto the ground as she summons up one of each element around her. After a moment, each element will fire off in a random direction and burst, which creates a colorful display of destructive elemental magic, not unlike fireworks all around her. Uh, nice. Her second one, Melia will collapse her staff and place it against her hip before reaching up to one of her wings and gently stroking its feathers. Melia will then say, is this all you're capable of if Shulk was in the match? Uh, <laughs> actually, no, 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 no. She says that in general. But if Shulk was in the match, then she'll also add his name to the end of it. Because, wow, really, Shulk? That's all you could do? Terrible. Uh, and then for her final victory pose, Melia will jump, twirl, and dance around her staff as she gracefully moves about the victory screen before ending in a pose with her staff held out towards the camera. Nice. Yeah. Now for the move set. Oh god, why did I write so much for this move? Oh. Her <laughs> first move is Elemental Discharge. This one came straight from Xenoblade 3. Uh... In Xenoblade 3, Melia has this move where she can summon up an element around her and then she can ex and she can spin those elements for her attacks. So for Elemental Discharge and Smash, uh, if she has no elements around her, then she cannot use its attack. 
we'll get into how she gets elements later. But assuming she does have any elements around her, uh, she will activate whichever one is floating over to her leftmost first, if she can have three of them up. So that way you always know which attack you're going to be using. Uh, and that's going to activate this element. If Kirby uh, sucks up Melia, then he's going to gain three random elements around him. But then he'll be able to use the special move three times before he loses the hat entirely. Now, as for the different elements, Bolt, Flare, Aqua, Wind, Earth, and Ice. Pulled straight out of Xenoblade 1. And I made up details of what each of them will do when activated. So for Bolt Discharge, uh, a spark is going to hang in the air for a moment about a character's distance away from Melia before a sphere of electricity bursts out from it to damage anybody in its range. She will also get a boost to her knockback for any attacks for the next couple of seconds. So I'm taking some little similarities here from how uh, from Shulk's auto arts work. Mm -hmm. uh, for Flare Discharge, it's a bolt of flame, will step forward from her staff, uh, and it's going to travel down at the ground diagonally. Uh, when it hits the ground, it's going to cause a short tower of flames to rise up on the spot and damage any clones to make contact with it. It'll persist for a couple of seconds. Uh, she will also gain a boost to her attack set for the next few seconds when using this. Aqua Discharge. Tidal Wave will, rush, will uh, wash up in front of Melia, dealing damage and also pushing enemies uh, slightly away from her. She'll also gain a regeneration status effect, uh, restoring 8% health over the next 4 seconds. Wind Discharge. Winds will surround her like a tornado. It's what wind does? It'll deal multiples of damage to anybody that is immediately next to her. Uh, this wind will extend to both sides of her as well as go above her, but will not hit anybody below. Uh, additionally, when she uses this, she'll get a boost to her movement speed for a few seconds. Earth Discharge will cause a spire of earth to erupt up in front of her, using a high amount of damage to any opponents in front of her as well as knocking them up into the air, and then she'll get a boost to her defense stats for the next couple seconds. Ice Discharge. Thank God it's the last one. A wave of ice will appear from the ground in front of Melia and travel forward a medium distance as icicles jet out from the ground. The wave and icicles each can damage opponents and a fighter is caught by the initial wave. There's a pretty good chance of being frozen and being tossed up into the air. Uh, that chance will increase with each additional hit that they take from the ice spikes as well. Additionally, when she uses it, she gets a boost to knockback defense for the next few seconds. Side special. Probably, you know, the attack she's most known for. Oh, so I know this one. It's Starlight Kick. Yes. Yeah. So Melly's going to use Starlight Kick. So she's going to try to make a flying kick forwards before unfortunately falling on her ass and just sliding a little bit forward. <laughs> because it had to be here. It had to be. It's the uh, technique. It is. Now, despite appearing to be a failed attack, the initial kick will actually connect to opponents and deal fairly significant damage to them. Uh, opponents who get hit dead on with the, uh, with the kick will actually find themselves tripping in place on the ground, assuming they were standing on the ground, of course. Uh, this could actually be pretty significant because when Melia falls and slides forward, she'll actually deal a couple extra hits of damage. So you could uh, make somebody trip on the ground, and then as she just slides forward, she just carries them for a little bit further and deals more damage. They don't like it, but, you know, it's Melia's best strat. <laughs> she, she's embarrassed by it, but she learns she can make it work for her. Very good. Good choice. And of course, when the attack is over, uh, Millie will allow a brief owl as she bemoans her hurting foot and her hurting ass. <laughs> Poor Melia. The game just shits on her so much and it's not deserved. <laughs> her special is Spear Break. She jumps up to the air at a slight diagonal angle and, you know, uses her staff like it's a goddamn spear. Pretty simple, honestly. Uh, it can hit multiple times if the opponent gets in Melia's way. Uh, 
and they can be carried forward with her up into the air. Uh, but there's also a bit of a delay from uh, when the attack ends where the knockback kicks in to send them flying. Uh, this, this also allows a chance for a follow-up strike to increase the knockback further to simulate the slow effect the Spirit Break can inflict. Down special, Shadow Stitch. Darkness will surround the ground beneath Melia's feet and expand beyond her for about one Bowser to either side. Dark Dendrils will then quickly spread out from the ground to deal damage to any opponents in range. Any opponent on the ground in that radius will be targeted as well as opponents who are just slightly above, who tried to jump out of the way but didn't quite make it out, out in time. Opponents who get struck by Shadow Stitch will find themselves will also have a chance of becoming stunned and unable to move for a few seconds, with that chance increasing the higher damage they've taken. Otherwise, opponents just get knocked away horizontally from melee for a short distance. Extra skill is Summon mm -hmm. Element. Melee will tap her staff against the ground as three elements appear floating above her. Unlike Olimar, she doesn't have to spend several inputs to get all of her shit at once. Uh, the elements are going to look like wisps of smoke with bits of whatever the element it is mixed into the middle, and it's ready to determine which elements Melia gets each time she uses this move. Uh, if she uses this extra scale, which she already has elements, then the old ones will all be completely replaced, and she'll get new ones. So even if you so if you don't like the three that you get, you can just try again. Uh, whenever you start out a match or get revived from being KO'd, Melia will always start out with three random elements right away, so you don't have to use the extra skill to get to be able to use your, your standard special. You just spawn in, you've already got them. Nice. Final smash. It's her most famous move, but remixed. It's Heavenly Starlight Kick. I didn't know what else to do. Smash original. Yes. Melia will start off her final smash by activating Mind Blast and sending out a wave of what seems to be a psychic energy in an area in front of her. Any opponent hit by Mind Blast will then be pulled into a cinematic. Through the cinematic, Melia will leap up into the air and dive downwards of her opponent with a kick as her leg is surrounded in the Bolt element. Just as Melia is leaping up into the air, she will say, Witness my true power. Melia then slams the opponent with her elementally charged Starlight Kick as she says, Heavenly Starlight Kick. Before she leaps back into the air and repeats the process until she's kicked the opponent once for each element, starting with Bolt and continuing with Flare, Aqua, Wind, Earth, and Ice. Once the final kick is complete, the opponent will be sent flying away and the camera will pan back to Milia, who will be on her ass, massaging her foot and saying, ow. She fell again. <laughs> I wonder if this is a family technique that's been passed down for generations. And they just, they've never perfected it quite perfectly, but they just keep passing it down because it's, it works, I guess. Either that, or it works for everybody else until her because she's half human. Interesting. <laughs> I think uh, just a little note, but in the remix or the remastered definitive edition, they uh, they added her. They gave her an idle technique where she kind of like, you know, kind of like loosens up a bit, gets her like her knees kind of locked back, but then she kind of crouches down and does a little practice one on the spot, and then falls mm -hmm. down, gets back up, rubbing herself up. That's normal. I like that a lot. That's just so it's a little bit of character there. I, I I try to look up things for characters from like their source material whenever I'm making move sets, but sometimes. You can't get good footage. And I had a hell of a time getting good footage of her attacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're not the biggest on screen either. They're not, they're usually like this much on screen sometimes. Yeah. And mm. the video I found was of the original Xenoblade Chronicles, so the uh, video quality was worse. Mm. Yeah. Uh, as for her outfits, 
Uh, Milia has split alts, where half of them are going to be her Xenoblade. One look, technically, it's her future connected look. Uh, actually, no, I think it, no, I think it's her original look, but it's the picture I have is from the definitive edition because it's much better looking. But then her other half of arts are going to be her uh, older form from Xenoblade Three. And then she has color costumes based off of Fiora, Morag, Elma, Uni, Nia, Pirate, and Mithra, Poppy, and Tyria. I decided to pick, you know, all the girl characters, pretty much. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yep. And I haven't made her home stage yet, but I do have a note that would be the Air of Sea, because that's where Alchemoth is. Nice. Yeah. A lot of floating platforms already on that, over the big sea, as you know, so I think that would yeah. be... That that's that's basically my vision for whenever I eventually make it, and then in the background you'll be able to see Alkavoth. Like the hovering reef or one of the hovering reefs. Yep. Yeah, I totally I totally get that, yeah. That's the vision. Very nice. Very cool. Good topical way to end it too. Now now let's get right on to this thing. Yes, now we can get into the actual moveset for our actual character. Noah from Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Not Mio. We discussed it, but we decided to go with Noah because he's the actual main character. I'm interested in that, too. We'll, we'll see after we finish this moveset. Oh, God. Yeah. What you're saying is you want something a bit matier. <laughs> Listen, we all know that Yoni is the real best character of Xenoblade 3. It's just fact. She is the bus. Yoni's the bus. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? She goes, yes, Uni's the boss, but boss sounds like bus. And I think somebody edited like a, a clip of her, like a bus coming down the road with her face on it. What? <laughs> it's, it's memes. Search up Uni's the bus. I, I guarantee you. <laughs> never seen no, that in my life. Never mind. It's that's gonna get sidetracked. Don't worry. It's supposed to be some Canadian thing. No, it's it's a Xenoblade fan of thing. I don't think it is. Oh, well, just you wait. I'll, I'll share it later. I will. Mm. Anyway. All right. All right. So it's time for Noah. Uh, we're going to be doing as we always do. We're going to share bits of our movesets and we're going to be combining together to create some horrible, homogenized Frankenstein of a moveset, which will <laughs> hopefully be stronger overall. And hopefully we won't have another Chrono situation, but I have a bad feeling we're going to have another Chrono situation today. We'll see. Oh. oh god. Yeah, I was wondering if we would consult each other about where this moveset there's ways to take this moveset. We there are ways. I'm worried. I'm just there, all this I mean, I'm very to worried. The preface. It could be a standard moveset with the veiled sword and lucky seven. It could be a class changing moveset with multiple weapons. It could be paired with Mio. It could be all of those things at once. So where will we take it? God, we really should have communicated. I'm so goddamn worried about what we all do. Uh, I'm kind of entertained already. It's part of the challenge, I guess, to go in blind. That's part of the appeal, I guess. I think the there's been a couple times where we had to establish some things ahead of time. Like when we did our original Rex and Pyra moveset, John and I were just like, okay, so it's Rex and Pyra, but there's going to be a swap mechanic for Mithra. Mm -hmm. We decided that ahead of time, but we didn't decide really anything else. Funnily enough, we came up with basically the same moves anyway. We did. I mean, yeah. there weren't many options. No. no. But we'll see with Noah, because 
Oh my god. Uh, but we're starting with taunts. Actually, no, that's not true. We're starting with the entrance animation. Because, you know, you got to enter into the conversation. Anyways, uh, so, Jonna, what was your entrance animation? Uh, keeping it pretty simple. Noah leaps onto the stage. His iris flashes while the veiled sword materializes in his hand. Okay. Mine's not that. So we're already having difficulties. Uh, mine is, the circular flames of a flame claw will be seen on the stage, when suddenly a sword will swing through them from behind and cause the flames to be disper dispersed to reveal Noah standing behind them with his sword. Nice. Kelly, what about you? Uh, mine was basically Jono's, literally Jono's, but without the without the eye flash. Basically, he lands on the stage and the, the sword materializes in his hands, his blade. All right, so which one are we choosing? My lord. Uh, I think we're all fans of Xenoblade, but I think I would be... I, I don't think it would be remiss to say that Kelly is the super fan. So perhaps if there's a tiebreaker, Kelly can be our tiebreaker. You okay with yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, well, that's tough, because I like... On the one hand, I like I like Xantok. I like your flashy style yeah, with the Ouroboros symbol. Yeah. Is, it, is it the Ouroboros symbol or just like the flame uh, clock? The, it's like it's the flame clock from the uh, the uh, I can't think of the word the the big the big ones the one that he mm. slashes apart and breaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking like if it's Cause if that's it's why because like... because it's like it's the it's the big Ferranus flame clock, but then he breaks it as he comes out into the battlefield. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's tough because I like that idea. Mm -hmm. It's very flashy. It communicates his intention. But on the other hand, I'm thinking like Noah's kind of a simple a simple guy. He doesn't really care about fanfare too much. Like if you're talking about a character like a Fire Emblem character, I think all the Fire Emblem characters like they come out of like summon they all warp staff. They all get warped in, right? Oh man, that's tough. Um... Yeah, I mean, I pretty much went with that way with Noah, and I think you did too because there's already a precedent with. So I mean, if you're similar as oh, well. Sorry, oh, if no. you want to get really technical, I guess it works. It, it, it's kind of hard to it's a because when they're cutting the flame clocks they're jumping high up into the air and slicing them on their way down unlike we're just like having them be at ground level so yeah that, that's why it's not the flame clock itself it's just like the flames that represent the flame clock oh okay it's, it's... well then maybe he could do a bit of both maybe he could like step out of the flame clock kind of the the the, the energy the tangible energy and then kind of pull his sword out with the with the uh, his eye kind of flashing to kind of match it as they both disappear. This is, <laughs> if we're getting this hung up on just the entrance uh, animation, I, that's what I was thinking. That's <sighs> what I was thinking. Um, that that is a key part of the the early game is when Noah does this for the first time. I, I, you know what? That sounds good. Sounds like an idea. Uh, why don't we go with that then? It does make sense. It adds a bit of, adds a bit of flair to his entrance other than just, here's my sword. 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 I think I think that was Cloud's thing where he just kind of drops down and then uh, I think he catches the sword as well. Uh, he might. If we have a lot of character, if we have too many characters already kind of doing that, then I guess mine and John's idea can kind of give way to something flashier. It doesn't really matter to me, honestly. Both are, both are really good. For their own reasons. Yeah. Well, if you two insist. <laughs> Kirby hat. I hope this is easy. It's Noah's <laughs> hair. 
And he also has a miniature version of uh, Noah's blade on his back. Because that's what he does for Shulks. Mm -hmm. He has a Minato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's either that or like some interesting like V-shaped headgear and, and a full set of armor. Yeah, I just had I had the ponytail. I didn't have the sword, but I think the sword does make sense since it matches mm -hmm. Shulks style. Does he also get a flute? No. <laughs> Why would Kirby get a flute? To off-see his foes. No, Kirby eats yeah, he his He plays foes. flute like really, bad, really badly and it just messes everything up. It, it, it just comes out like... <laughs> and he can't figure it out what the hell. Then he just eats it. <laughs> yeah, Kirby's trying his best, but he just he messes, he mucks it up. Like Sounds Kirby. like Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Easy. Easy they stole that. his cake, and you know, in revenge, he's going to unleash an Eldritch Demon. And then yeah. he gets ass. Because <laughs> he got bored. Good. What a guy. Kirby could win the Ionius War single-handedly. Probably. Do if he was there, but he's not, so thank God. <laughs> it would Call definitely end differently. Mobius <laughs> Kirby, that'd be kind of cool. Oh my gosh. Console K. New, this is a new Console, console K. Console K. There's a new Console K in town. It'd be a better <laughs> character. Fuck Console K. Uh, oh, um, what a dick. Mm hmm. Alright. Taunts of victory poses now. Oh boy. Oh, so, Jono, what is your first taunt? Okay. Nope. Noah holds his sword in front of himself, looking over it somberly while saying, I have to fight. Okay. Does he, yeah. does he hold it sideways like this, kind of? Like, like he's looking down the blade, kind of? Or does yeah. he hold it more out in front of him like this? Yeah. Yeah. Or does he look at the blade like this? Yes. Also, all of them. It depends on how many, how quickly you, you tap the button. I have to fight. <laughs> if only I knew how to use this weapon. Inspect it from every angle, yeah. It's extra sharp. Oh, no. <laughs> Alright, so for my first time, Noah will tap the side of his head to access his iris. At the moment no. passes, he taps his head again to cause the iris to disappear. If you zoom in on Noah during when he has his iris out, it will reveal the Ouroboros iris in his right eye. I like that. Nice little detail, kind of like Lucina's uh, uh, Exalt brand in her eye. Exactly. Very good. Because I think that works better than just an idle taunt because it actually shows him doing something. Yeah. Mm. Very good. Okay. Right, What's your first taunt? Uh, my first taunt. Mine's kind of mine is uh, Noah pulls out his flute and he plays the Kavesti off-seeing melody. The move lasts fairly long for a taunt, but it can be canceled at any time. The melody will also vary slightly each time he performs the taunt. Hmm. Nice, 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 nice. You can just kind of press press the taunt button. He can play for like 10 seconds uninterrupted unless you press a button and cancel the taunt anytime. Jono is a fan of taunts that just go endlessly until you make them stop. Yeah, which brings me into this next taunt. I was actually going to save this one for last, but since you mentioned it. <laughs> Started off early. Noah retrieves his flute and performs a shorter version of the Kvesi Offseer composition. I didn't have anything about the, the extra details that you that you had, Kelly. But let's just say that they're in there and it's the same damn taunt. 
it could be like a it could be like a snake situation with his box where you've got a short box and then a longer box where he like plays the short version of the melody like it's like what is it like do 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 done or he could do one with the slumber <laughs> gyroid dance there you go there you go yeah you can sit and spin mm-hmm. all right so for my second time Noah is going to uh, get down on the ground and do a couple quick push-ups as Riku appears and sits on his back. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I like that. I wish I thought of that shit. Is nice. that his down taunt? Uh, yes, actually. That's what down I on the down. Ground? Yeah, it's perfect. I like that, too. Nice. That's actually really clever. What's your second taunt, then? Uh, mine's, um, let's see. Um... I was I did have one that was him fiddling with the ribbon holding his ponytail together although that, I think that might be better suited as an idle taunt I don't know so instead I'll say mine also involves Riku and Manana this one's the down taunt um, so Riku and Manana both uh, bounce out from behind Noah on either side and wave at the camera with their wings as Noah glances down at each of them in amusement I, I like to imagine he looks at him and is like where the fuck How did you- yeah what where'd you come from huh Nice. He's kind of that type of guy to kind of react, like take things in the stride, just be like, hmm? Maybe that means they can do some goddamn work. <laughs> I think I like I think I like the uh, push-ups one, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that a lot of what I came up with Noah, I came up with the with the, uh, with the the intention of someday making a Mio move set that would mirror for Noah. We'll see if it's even possible after we combine all of our shit together. But, like, since I have Noah with Riku appearing in one of his taunts, uh, for Mio, Manana would appear in one of them doing mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I don't know, because I don't have to think about that right now. That's where it gets tough, because mm-hmm. how much overlap do you want to borrow from before there's nothing left? For, yeah, yeah, I see. I mean, I, I literally came up with it like, okay, if this was just a solo me moveset, I could easily translate this to a, a Mio having her own mirrored version of things. But who knows how this whole thing's going to go down. Yeah. 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 All right, Jono, your third taunt. Okay, for my third and final taunt, Mwamba appears in front of Noah and places his hand on Noah's shoulder and says, one more battle and I'm retired before falling to the ground and dying. Is that actually your time? <laughs> no. Okay. Make him die every time you press the top over and over again. The cycle of rebirth. Cycle of rebirth. Mo- Moamba would be the one star spirit battle that has yeah, no top, special top. abilities on it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Poor Moamba. Absolutely brilliant. What a meme. What a guy. Um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Noah crosses his arms while his iris activates and says, hope I didn't do too much harm. I didn't have a great set of taunts this time, besides the off-seer thing, which I feel is pretty obvious. And we'll kind of see about Xantok's third taunt here to see if he breaks the mold. So for my third sure. taunt, Noah will unsheath Lucky 7 and point oh. it forward. It's like the start of his Ouroboros order before he puts Lucky 7 away. Ganondorf, basically, take the sword out and then puts it away. Yep. (laughs) 
All right, Kelly, what's your third taunt? Really sharp. My third taunt is that I don't have one. What? Sorry. Really? The, my second taunt was the the fiddling with the ribbon, like the. the your the third ribbon. taunt is the fiddling with the ribbon. Well, it's like I thought that might be. I thought it might be better as an idol, but. I mean, my side I mean, we have way. nine taunts. We're going to pick three of them. So. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. That's what I got. All right, victory poses. Shana, what's oh, your first? My victory poses. Oh. Here's a controversial choice, considering some of the things that have come out of your filthy mouth, Lister. Mio joins Noah as they close their eyes and play a duet version of A Life Sent On on their flutes. All right, so for my first victory pose, Noah will pull out his flute. This is why it's not on the top. <laughs> it's better as a victory pose, because he just beat his opponent's asses, so he's seeing them off, God damn it. But imagine seeing them off mid-match, like in a in a yeah. player, league. it would make them so mad. Well, they're, they're struggling to get back on stage, and you're just you're just roasting them with the flute playing. No, they're struggling to get back on stage, and this bitch is doing push-ups. <laughs> Noah pulls out his flute and plays some of the notes from the obscure tune "A Life Sent On" for the fighters that were defeated on the battlefield. That's my first victory pose. Nice, right on. Nice. <laughs> you, guys want, you guys want more flute? Oh God! Yeah. 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 The camera pans around Noah as he plays out on his flute, eyes closed. He continues playing as the flute fades out and changes into the victory screen music. Kind of yeah. like clouds, kind of like clouds, where it'll do the the his the, like whatever his theme is with him playing his music, his flute, and then it'll do the you know that sort of thing. I thought you were saying like how cloud plays his flute. It's like what the fuck, Final Fantasy VII? Have you been playing? There oh, are no flutes yeah. in that game. There are trumpets, but that's mm-hmm. it. Cloud playing the trumpet, yeah. But yeah, he so Noah will still so be, you know, he'll still be engrossed, like he'll still be doing his animation, but but then eventually the while he's doing that, it'll it'll transpose to the uh the vic- the traditional victory music and he'll keep playing. Gotcha. Alright. Nice. Okay. Yes. Noah twirls his sword around his body while shouting, Another battle won, and makes a pose identical to his artwork from Xenoblade 3. For mine, Noah will pull out Lucky 7 and clean off the blade as Riku watches to make sure Noah does it correctly. <coughs> Riku will be glaring the entire time. <laughs> Riku will be glaring at Noah the entire time. Like, you better clean that blade right, or I'm gonna clean you up with it. Oh, shit. Uh, mine is, uh, Noah's, uh, so Noah's wearing, like, it starts with Noah wearing the sheath, like, the gauntlet, mm. and it breaks off from his arm and re-encases itself around Lucky 7 to become his regular blade again. Nice. Um, okay. I do love how Riku's just like, I have this sword. You're like, oh. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Noah slashes forward once with the veiled sword, which then transposes into Lucky 7, which he also slashes forward with before it freeze frames. And And he shouts, I live to fight and fight to live. This truly an iconic quote. Very good. Yeah. All right. Cheers to you. For my last victory pose, Noah will be in his Ouroboros form, falling to the ground, 
As he lands, he'll cancel all the interlink that he has with Mio, and the two will separate and land down next to each other. Following this, Noah and Mio will high-five. Oh, nice. There she is. I like that one, yeah. It's like the reverse of uh, Corrin's dragon turning into a dragon. It's like they start as the big like, form, and then they kind of revert back to normal. Yep. It's also the reverse of Fire Emblem Fates, since this is actually a good game. <laughs> it's true that. though yeah yep two sides of a conflict and but things actually work out more or less uh i didn't have one i didn't come up with a third victory pose i'm sorry i couldn't think of one but if i were i think it would be something to do with his ouroboros form okay i'll take i'll count that as two counts for mine <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got our taunts, we've got our victory poses. We have <laughs> roughly nine of each, maybe maybe eight of each, you know, depending on how things are. So now we got to do the uh, awful task of cutting these down and figuring out which three of each we are actually going to be going with. Yeah, maybe As, simplest task of tonight, though. <laughs> I mean, Kirby hat, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so the, I assume we all have some ones that we feel more strongly with than others. Uh, we all had at least one version of the flute being played, so obviously the flute has to be there. Even if we didn't all have the flute, the flute would need to be there. It's too central <laughs> to his character. Whether it's a taunt, yeah. victory pose, or both, eh, who knows? My my mis- my initial thought is if you have if you go with both, then there are potentially other cool ideas that we end up missing, but. They could be done in different ways. I know. Yeah. I know some of my favorites were uh, um, at least of my own stuff because you know we always favorite our own stuff. Uh, seeing the iris, but it's also just a very simple animation that could be an idol. It doesn't necessarily have to be a taunt. I mm-hmm. also really like you know Riku uh, with the uh, push ups, uh, and then the Ouroboros form coming down was uh, one of probably my favorite victory pose of my own, including the flute. I, I would pose that if you have to have the fluid, I think you have to have the Ouroboros somewhere. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was probably showing up elsewhere to, in this episode, but um, I, I still think it poses a... There, there's an argument for it to be in a victory pose or a, or a taunt. The taunt would be weird. A victory pose as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not like super forms haven't been in victory poses before. Mm-mm. Our citizen Joker's uh, victory poses. Yeah, I think there's been Pig Ganon victory poses in the past. No, you remember? Pig Ganon was not in any victory pose ever. And Mario was in Piranha Plants. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any more of those? The other characters coming in to like be featured in other characters' victory poses. Those would be cool. They really should have just made it Waluigi getting his ass kicked by a Piranha Plant. <laughs> I hate it. I hate anyway. it. <laughs> extra salt on the wound. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I can say one thing, I think uh, one victory poise that I'm very much behind is um, the one you brought up, John. I was always saying uh, fighting to live, living to fight. I think that's a great tagline. I think it really serves well as Noah's mindset and really is good as a post a post-battle fight. Smashing to live, living to smash? Nah, probably not. But uh, the original, I think that that stands very strongly as a as an option. 
I, I wanted to find good quotes to use, but when I Googled Noah, the Blade 3 quotes, I got nothing. It's like, great, thanks. Oh, I got some. It seems, it seems we're all in sync, right, Tyon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. Yeah, that would have been perfect. For... It seems we're right in sync, right, Mario? <laughs> <laughs> As Mario is on the ground heaving, dry <laughs> retching. Uh, well, thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I, I again, as as um, something that I think was one of my favorites, I, I or rather a concept that was one of my favorite things is involving the no pun having Riku and or Manana in here. I think is that that's. Kelly brought it up twice. Lister did once. It's, something needs to be involved here, or rather, Lister did twice and Kelly did once. <laughs> I get you guys confused sometimes. We're all heartthrobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? so um, yeah. I I really enjoy. I I think of the three. I, he was just he's kind of looking down at Riku and then Manana on one side and the other, right, with your Tom Kelly. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I they're think kind of so. a pair. they're kind of a package deal in a way. Riku and, and Manana. It's hard to have one without the other, really. That's true. That's so true. I like. I just like taunts that summon a little like like the Joker with Morgana just popping yeah. up for a second. I like taunts mm -hmm. that just bring up another character just briefly. It's like how if I were in Smash, Xantok would appear in my taunts. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you would bring up a garden gnome. Also true. Oh, I mean. <laughs> Watch down to Morgana, Morgana-sized uh, Xanthog. Get out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Notice Please. I was not the one who said anything about that. That was <laughs> Kelly. That was <laughs> Kelly. Well, I hope you all enjoyed Kelly's last episode on the Supercast Brothers podcast. Hey, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. These are just all hypotheticals, people. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> that was so great. Oh, my gosh. Um, I almost lost my train of thought. Having Riku sure. and Manana, maybe they can both be sitting on Noah's back while he's doing push-ups. That could work. Manana <laughs> is on top of Riku, who is on top of Noah. Yeah. <laughs> They're stacked on top of Noah. But yeah, they could both be, both, both be on his back. Extra weight, extra strength training. That's a good idea. Maybe Riku can be on him in one version of the taunt, and then if you want to use it again, they're both on him. So it's kind of random? Yeah. That's a neat I idea, too. I wouldn't say both. I would say one or the other. But it could be random which one it is. Also fair. Because envisioning how it would look with both of them is not jiving. They're they're a little too big for that. Yeah. Is is that possible in game? Like, is it Riku, only Riku who is on his back, or is it like randomly? Is it either can it either Riku or Manana? Have you ever seen Manana? Uh, I've, I've only seen Riku. But again, this is part of like what I had said before. Like, all most of my stuff was done with the concept of like, okay, here's a Noah, but then there would be a Mia later, so Mia would have her own Manana taught. That's that's a that is and also why you know he only does it with just Riku in the game. But that's where it came from for only having Riku on here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. All the same, I like the push-up taunt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to look back around the general vote. 
It's just a it's just a fun animation to have in. Mm-hmm. And I like down taunt, I like taunts that also signify their direction, like a down taunt that yep. puts someone on the ground makes too much sense. Yeah, we, whenever we combine our stuff and I have to put it on the wiki, I look at it, what taunts we pick. I'm like, okay, which directional makes the most sense for these taunts? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also feel like taunt-wise, we all have something where he activates his iris. Do, do we think that either of those are potentially strong? Like... Kelly's is him adjusting his hair strap and his Irish clothes. Mine is him cr crossing his arms and his Irish clothes. And I think, Lister, yours is tapping the side of his head and his yeah. Irish clothes. Because that's how he activates the Irish in the game. Yeah. Do we want? Do we want that? Like in in or, you did make the argument too, Santog, that that could be a easy idle pose, and that is true. Yeah. I, I it's it's a good taunt that like signifies something that you know is very core to Noah in the game. But it is mm -hmm. a extremely simple animation, and you can make the argument of, like, is that a taunt? Or are there better things that can take up taunt slots that are more bombastic? That should be his codec taunt if he has one. Imagine giving Noah a codec taunt. He just acted calls on people on his iris. <laughs> Let me call him Wamba real quick. <laughs> you had me until Mwamba. That's extrapolating. <laughs> Dip it in the bud. Oh no, it no, it doesn't need a codec. I'm just joking. Oh my gosh. There, there's a reason I haven't given any characters codecs because, oh dear God, I do not want to write those. Mm hmm. I, I, gave, I gave one of them a haiku system. Yeah, and you didn't write any of them. Is that a surprise? No, because I wouldn't it? do it. <laughs> I, I know I didn't. <laughs> Maybe someday. I wrote a few down, but that's about it. Um, our other victory poses, just very... Yeah, and, and Kelly, when you mentioned I Love to Fight, I Fight to Live, it was a victory pose at first, but I think it could work as a taunt as well. Um, too long. Too long. Yeah, if, I was going to say, if we if we kind of shutted it down. But, but going through the taunts that we do have left, we do have on my end, again, very general. I personally am not like a huge fan of them. These were, this is where I was struggling. I had the meat of the moveset done for weeks leading up to this episode. The taunts and victory poses, I was like, where do we go with this? Yeah, that's, that's always after the fact. I come with the, the moveset skeleton first. Then it's the animations like, okay, these take three more research. Yeah. So um, where it's like Noah's holding his sword and saying something, it's like, okay, I mean, it works, but other characters also already do this in Smash. So if we want something different, then we should go for the different, and that's why I'm kind of tapping my two extra ones out um, besides potentially the Opsier song. What, um, what, what was the animation, though, for that quote? Uh, which one? I live I live to fight and fight to live. Yes. That was um him slashing forward once with the veiled sword and then unleashing Lucky Seven and slashing forward again. Okay. Yeah. Um classic victory pose. I think it really I think it's better as a as a victory pose because it kind of like he's like justifying like his mindset just after he's like the reason I've fought this battle is because I I fight to live and I live to fight. Agreed. Right. 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 I agree. 
Um, okay, so what are we, we, have we agreed to fast track the push-up? Push-up, I'm all, all blind, yeah. Push-up is in. Push-up is in. Two more taunts, guys. Uh, the iris argument, I think we can shelf until we go through the rest of them. The rest of it being Noah looking at Riku and Minana. Um, Noah using the Lucky Seven. I forget the animation. Pointing forwards. Pointing forward, Lucky Seven. Um, And then just the flute. Well, Kelly had taunts too. I I just had... had, uh... Kelly's was the flute and then Lucky Seven. Oh, right, right. right. I think... um, I think... um... If you're really sick of like Riku, you don't want to see him twice. Just having the push-ups as one is fine. But if you don't want to have like one being Riku's here with the push-ups and then another being here's Riku with Manana, I feel like that might get a little old fast. So something simple like pulling Rocky Seven out of the sheath and then putting it back in could work as like a side thought. At it. Uh, sorry? Riku's on the ground looking at it when he does it. Yeah, he's just just <laughs> everywhere. He's just always there for everything. I, I, I'm kind of of that Riku mindset. He's always watching. <laughs> it's like it's a Morgana thing where um, Morgana appears in all Joker's taunts. I think if you have Riku appear twice, you have to have him appear three times. Yeah, yeah I, I like, also don't like that Morgana appears all three times. Like, you can do other things. <laughs> Just once for Noah's case feels feels plenty, you think? I think so. I, I'm inclined to agree, yeah. Because I think like you could have one or the other, but like, like you said, two is straddling the line, three is too much, and what or plenty one is plenty but yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It, it sounds like we have well, with two open slots either unsheath sheath activate iris flute two slots for these three things mm-hmm. oh you're not gonna go with the push-ups oh, no no push-ups is already in that's why there's only two slots open oh i'm sorry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right Meanwhile, right. Victor poses nothing has been selected yet, but flute is there again. Uh, there's the Ouroboros falling in the high five, uh, cleaning lucky seven. Uh, I don't remember what you guys had for your victory poses. Uh, mine were again. It was it was Mio and Noah playing the flute. Hmm. Was Noah twirling the veiled sword, saying another battle won, and then making a pose identical to a Xenoblade artwork. Okay. And then Kelly had the dynamic pose for the flute, and what else? Uh, just having his the gauntlet come off of his arm and back onto his uh, sheath. Okay. And then the other one that I had was the one that we were talking about, the dynamic with the two swords and the quote. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the Ouroboros is a must. Like I think for one of the uh, victory poses, I think having the Ouroboros in there somewhere is a must. I'm I like also- I like. Neo. Uh, I agree. I'm also feeling the two sword slashes with the quote. I'm feeling sure. dynamic flute for victory pose. And then for taunts, um, sheath unsheath, and it's a question of do we want iris activation or do we want second flute? If I can chime in, I think I think that kind of works one with the sheath unsheath because it kind of parallels you know, again, the taunt with the vic- with the matching victory um, pose, mm-hmm. and if you want to differentiate and have the the flute as the, the taunt, and then the victory pose, 
you could have the victory pose. You could have like the you know the blue the moats that rise up behind him. Mm. You can have those kind of rising up a bit behind him, like as they fly off while he's playing. If you want to kind of give it some juice. For the victory yeah. pose version, you mean? Oh yeah, for the victory pose version. Okay. And then yeah. and just have him doing it norm normally uh, with no moats uh, for taunt. I think the argument that Dan talked about at the beginning of this was there's. An argument for the flute to be used in both the taunt and the victory pose. It's that essential to the most character and identity. But there may be better ideas. Now that we've gone that, you know, it would be a shame to use the flute twice. Now that we've gone through it, I kind of feel like there are not better ideas. It, it's, it's pretty much flute twice or iris once. Yeah, and, and we've already made the argument that I agree with. The iris could be an idle pose. So, flute, uh, thing as the taunt, and then dynamic flute as the victory pose. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. Then the, uh, so his, like, for the idle taunts, the, or sorry, the idle animations, the iris is the one, is, is idle taunt, is idle one, and then maybe the ponytail adjustment is idle two. Yeah. Yeah, we can make and, them. Uh, yeah, okay. This will be the first Journal Smash WWE that actually has idle animations written down. Yeah. <laughs> in the character description. There you go. Yeah, I, I have an idea of where I'll put it. Okay, cool. All right. But now that we have that, special moves. Holy cow, we did it. I think we made it. One victory pose. Cool. All right. So... I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like I need to talk about my general concepts before I go into what any of my moves are. Yes. Because I yep. fear we all went in wildly different directions. This is going to be a cluster. Okay. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and start here with this. So I already mentioned the fact that I envisioned a lot of this moveset to be, okay, here's Noah, but then eventually someday make Mio and just take the same concept but apply it to her and as a mirror of how Noah works, because the whole thing with Ouroboros is these two people, but they, they're essentially two jigsaw pieces that fit perfectly. So I kind of thought that that was kind of a way to do things. But when I was looking at Noah's moveset, Noah's attacks in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I was like, wow, these animations are not super interesting. Oh no, I have a problem. How <laughs> am I going to make a moveset with just this? I was trying to think, it's like, okay, what, what can I do? What can I pull from Zena Blue It's like, well, there's the I could have them swap the different classes, but then it's, okay, there's like 25, 30 classes. What the fuck do I narrow it down for? And what, what would make the most sense? So I decided, okay, let's not do a, any kind of class change. Fuck that. Noah's a sword fighter. But in Zena Blade 3, you can use moves from other, from other classes, even though you're in one class. Right. Uh, only when those classes are from Agnian-associated heroes. So, for me, I'm going to have one attack that is from Noah's Fortified class and three that are from Agnian hero class because you can have three attacks associated to you pulling from other classes in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So that's my whole concept that I built together. It's, it's the way I best thought of how I could make Noah work without having Mio appear as a, sec, as a side character, either in a Pyramithra fashion or in an Ice Climbers fashion. What about nice. you guys? Take us away, John. I think I took a similar route. 
<laughs> where we're acknowledging class changes and weapon swaps in this moveset. Uh, the extra scale, I should mention, is, art, is battle arts, um, wherein you there are four icons next to Noah's character portrait uh, during the battle. And as these function, and as the battle goes on, Noah's attacking opponents, scoring KOs, they fill up a little faster. We all know how meters work in Smash. When the meters are full, you can use them to activate stronger variants of the special moves. Okay. And I assume mm -hmm. we'll go into deeper details when we get to the extra skill portion. We, yeah, we will. Our, Kinda, I, I was planning on formatting it like, oh, this is the standard if you're not using a battle art uh, boost. Okay. And this is standard I think I will. did see someone on YouTube do that same concept where you can use the move normally or when it's full for a, a powered nice. up version. Yeah. Cloud to limit break. Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah. Right. Yeah, Kelly's really interesting. Um, mine, I was trying to kind of. Um, like, I do, you want, do you want the overall the overall premise, not like yeah, overall premise. We'll get into the meats afterwards. Basically, basically harkening back to you know the meat of uh, well, first of all, actually kind of similar with uh, I wanted to try to have moves that incorporated not him changing his class, but him using moves from other classes, be it mm -hmm. class arts, Agnian, or master arts, Kevis, anything like that. So and and specifically the moves of his teammates, right. as much as I could fit in. Um, when you're we'll, saying we'll, teammates, are you saying his Agnian teammates or his Kadesi teammates? Sorry, I meant the the course the core six drawing from as many as I could. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into this. Jono, <laughs> what is your mm -hmm. standard special? My standard special is ground beat. No, you have such a ground look. beef. Yes. Ground beef. <laughs> we got something meatier, boys! <laughs> I found something a bit meatier. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, the amount of times we had to hear that. Um, Noah slashes the Veiled Sword downward, its ether pulsing forward in the form of a fast-moving blue beam. The initial strike down has a tiny bit of startup lag, during which time Noah bears super armor before he crashes it down. It's like a keep away move so you know if you're keeping like somebody's far away you hit them with the, with the slap it's very um first of all it's very ground beat it's also very like ike's ragnall full charged uh chances are the beam would still hit them even if you know like it's a melee so you slash down they block the beam could still hit them so it's a two, kind of a two-parter move uh it travels about as far as half of a battlefield and can be charged so this only affects how far it travels and not how much damage it'll deal it clouds neutral special in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could say that indeed. Um, if Noah has charged up his Battle Arch Gauge for his standard special, he will instead use Infinity Blade. Noah unsheaths Lucky 7 from the hilt of the Veiled Sword, swiping it downwards and releasing a beam of sharp yellow energy that travels about the length of Final Destination before dissipating. It causes opponents to flinch from how hard this this attack has hit them before sending them flying. So, like Robin's Thoron. Those hit by Lucky 7 directly may be grounded for multiple seconds or, or have their shield broken. Alright. For my standard special, Noah will use Ground Beat. Ground Beef? 
Yes. Things are about to get a little bit meatier, boy. They sure <laughs> damn are. Uh, mine works borderline identical to yours. I didn't have a note about the super armor. Uh, just really that, you know, swings it down, then sends out a curved projectile with both the sword and projectile being different sources of damage, and that he can charge it up to uh, do more damage. Uh, nice. And then I, naturally, I don't have your master arts, so there's no, technically there's no upgrading of the move for now. But uh, other than that, you know, it's borderline the same move, ground beat. It's, of all of his actual sword fighter attacks, it was the only one that was interesting. We're kind of in the same mindset there, yeah. Probably hit up the same wikis. <laughs> I mean, I also booted up the game to watch all the animations of all the attacks that I researched. Yeah, yeah. Which was yeah. a lot of class changing. It's all a big smorgasbord of moves. Yeah. yeah. I also, I when I was looking at the other class attacks, I restricted myself to just the first two, because those are the only ones that he can use uh, as his secondary attacks. Kelly, mm -hmm. what's, what's your stand special? Oh boy, all right. All right, so stick with me here. I went with a move called Arts Combo. So oh. Just give you the general... This is kind of to give, again, the kind of the, the spirit of Xenoblade as a whole. But here we go. Um, Arts Combo... I'll just read it word for word, I guess. Arts Combo is a move that changes based on furthering a combo to inflict statuses upon an opponent. It involves using the Arts Sword Strike, Noah's, Shield Bash, and Myopic Screen in that order to inflict break, topple, and daze status respectively. Any status that is inflicted on an opponent will have a short timer window during which the next stage of the combo can be applied. The combo is reset if a status times out or if the opponent is KO'd. With me so far? Yep. Okay, so upon using the upon first using the move, Noah uses sword strike, I imagine a horizontal slash, to inflict break status on an opponent. He will always perform this art when facing an opponent without any status afflicted or just by default when there's nobody in range. Upon using the move again, when there's an opponent with break status in range, the move automatically changes to shield bash with Noah instantly materializing guardian commander's blade and shield, which then inflicts topple status. This causes the opponent to trip. It can get up and keep moving, but the topple status is still present for a while. Further, or finally, using the special again near an opponent with topple status changes the move to Myopic Screen, where Noah summons the Medic Gunner staff to inflict Daze status. This move has slightly more wind-up, but a successful hit puts the opponent into a Daze as if they just broken their shield. Daze status is removed once the opponent returns to normal, either by taking damage or waiting until the effect wears off. So it's the Break Topple Daze uh, system that you know, is present in every Xenoblade game, with his moves changing to reflect his, uh, his, his Kavesi teammates, Lance and uh, Uni. Nice. It's a huh. bit meaty. There you go. <laughs> Ground beef. Wow. So he, they have essentially their favorite creating a new South Echo that just kind of like floats around a character for a short time. Uh, or, or it could be on their, like, on their, by their damage. Like, it'd show, like, the break, like, the break uh, cooldown by their damage meter. Right. Either way. Yeah. Just to okay. show a status. Huh. That's a cool move. Kudos. Not on my radar. No, no, no. That wasn't on mine either. This could be interesting. There you go. It's a bit bit heavy, but there you go. All right. Well, let's get going. We'll see how things shake out. I have some thoughts, but we got a lot of other moves to get to first. Yeah, so, Jono, what's your side special? 
my side special is a that's keep with me here. It's a Gemini strike. Gemini strike. Yep. So Noah incorporates the chakrams, if you will. Noah tosses a chakram forward that travels about as far as Link's boomerang, but much quicker before returning to him. It deals cut heavy light based damage and can be comboed with a second chakram that Noah can toss at any interval by simply using the side special input again while the first one is out. Having his arts gauge charged when he uses this ability will, I couldn't think of anything on the, any other arts to use, so I just uh, had it having him toss both at once where they travel extra far and fast and hit harder. Interesting. Yeah, a good, a good double projectile if you need one. Right. All right. So you pulled from Mio for your side special. I pulled from Tyon. Nice. This is Overfall. Noah is going to gather up a small group of Tyon's Mondo paper origami little birdies, whatever the hell you want to call them. And he's just going to send them flying forward in a straight line. There are going to be multiple hits that this trail can do. So there's going to be small little hitboxes all throughout. So you can hit it, put it multiple times. And you can also direct it to a degree with the control stick. It's not going to be like tight controlling the flight patterns, but you know, just like tilt it one or another. It can like go up a bit. Yeah. Like pitch arrows. Uh, yeah, that's actually a pretty good comparison. Uh, okay. They probably wouldn't fly as fast as pitch arrows, but generally speaking, yeah, that works. <clears throat> you picture the Mondo flying and coming back to Noah or just no. flying and then disappearing? Just flying in a straight line and disappearing. So, so kind of like a com like quick combo with, with the birds. Yeah. Okay, nice, nice. Simple but so, unexpected. I'm starting to get kind of worried because I realize I, I, I haven't given Noah any projectile-based moves. Hey. I mean, not every character has projectile moves. Yeah, it could They're still really be all your moves that we choose at the end of this. Shulk doesn't. It could, be a, it could be a mismatch, you know, it's the name of the game. Fair enough. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Appropriate for this game. All right, so, Kelly, your side special. Uh, mine, uh, yeah, I also pull, I pulled from Mio and the Chakrams as well. I used um, Wide Slash. So Wide Slash, Noah materializes the Zephyr uh, ring blades, or Chakrams, yep. and it does a quick dart forward, ducking low, and slashing both blades horizontally in front of himself. When he does this, he gains a brief moment of invincibility during the slash that can evade many other opponents' moves with the right timing. So if, cool. you're, if, you, if you're brave, you can try to beat out and counter other opponents, but with that, that slight uh, moment of invincibility. Okay. Fight slash. That sort of thing. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, it's it's like kind of a Fox Illusion, but with a little extra spice. Yeah, almost like that. Except not doesn't really travel far. He just kind of zips for just a tiny bit. But yeah, exactly. Same mm -hmm. premise kind of. Nice, nice. Okay. And, and, and keeping with the side, uh, side B being usually the most spammable move in a, in a person's kit. <laughs> that's true that is true back to me again then yep what is your up special we're going up kids uh my up special is ether cannon oh yes and it <laughs> yeah and here's how we do it we're taking a page from from okay we'll just, we'll just get into it an omnidirectional arrow appears beside noah as he wields an ether cannon allowing him to blast a shot of ether energy outward in any direction that he chooses. If he chooses to shoot downward, 
the ether will let him rise into the air. He can shoot bullets rapidly within an allotted time before running out of them, ultimately letting him travel upwards at about half the height of Snake's Cypher. If his arch gauge is fully charged, he will shoot out one huge ether bullet that deals damage and knockback equivalent to a little more than Samus's power beam, and this would take him very high up instantly if he shoots downwards. Hmm. Yeah. It almost makes me think of like Mithra's. Uh, she's got like the two different, like the chroma dust, mm, like shot, yeah. and then the one big, what's it called? Um, Ray of punishment. Ray of punishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, either one big shot or, or multiple smaller shots. This is true. Interesting. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so my special is pulling from Cinna as he uses giant swing. So imagine, boil it on the concept with simplest points. It's like March Dolphin Slash, but slower. And instead of just doing like this one solid swing up the sword, Noah's going to be taking out Senna's gigantic ass hammer, and it's going to be he's swinging, going to be swinging it twice as he goes up in the air. Nice. So hit opponent's way once, hit a second opponent way further. So he becomes Tinkaton. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. This hammer is real. <laughs> oh. That would be sent as Pokemon for sure. That would Absolutely. be the protagonist of Project Hammers up special if he were the thing. <laughs> Back from the <laughs> Project H A M M E R. That is so 2007. Yeah. <laughs> Realistic graphics. XD. <laughs> I wonder why I got cancelled <laughs> me too that's an interesting idea because I think when I think of Senna I know she's able to like jump around with her with how how strong she is with ease with the hammer yeah. and I picture Noah like trying to do the same thing and being like how does she do this but you know it doesn't really matter in the, in the case of like anti-grav or defying gravity with any of these moves anyway so right in some games some characters it's really hard to come up with an up special four because there's no like yeah. upwards mobility that's always so the hardest. Was, yeah. So, like, when I was looking through, like, through all the different attacks that I had, uh, that I was giving myself to choose from, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck works for an upwards attack? It's like, okay, I, I have a few of these kind of options. Like, I've considered something from Kamaravi. Uh, but Giant Swing just fit the best. Yeah. Cool. And you, Kelly? Cool. Mine was, um, so don't, don't, uh, this one is still a sword fighter move. It's Aerial Slash. And I know you're thinking this is basically Shulk's like air slash, and it kind of is, except that instead of going up and sideways, he rises up and then goes down, which basically just knocks the opponent basically the same way. Okay. But and this is a big but. Oh. Remember the arts. Yeah. Remember the arts combo I mentioned before. So if the uh, if the opponent currently has the topple status inflicted, and you use aerial slash smash. Aerial slash, it basically is a is a launch smash combo. So on the second swing down, it acts as a smash as long as the the topple art has been uh, inflicted. Okay. So one two, and then it, it's a guaranteed uh, spike. Sweet. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can either try to go for the daze, or you can try to go for the uh, launch smash to kind of represent both paths. 
I, I gotta say, I really like that Xenoblade 3 incorporated both of the arts combos from Xenoblade 1 and 2. Yeah. And you just get to essentially choose which kind of combo you want to do. That's really yeah. cool. They did a great job of matching the two combat systems together. They did. Mm-hmm. They definitely did. And if I know anything about how Kelly plays Smash, I know that this is a move he's going to be using a lot. Yeah, up, up B, aerial burst attacks, yeah. Basically, just get off me. You make me so mad. Doria! <laughs> slash. Yeah, literally. Combo stage strikes, uh, yeah, last minute of Evo, just uh, topple and then spike. Mm-hmm. Watch Smash. Yeah. You're so, quite yeah. efficient with, with Meteor Smashes with... So more yeah. similar to Shulk's, but with a bit more original flair there. Right. Neat. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. It is. Down special, go. <laughs> go. What are we doing? Um, down special, yes. Um, mm. Variable turret. Oh, that's Noah. good. Yeah. Noah plants a shield blade into the ground, deploying a front-facing protective force field. It's about as tall as he is while shooting a barrage of bullets from the blade's turrets. Each bullet is weak on its own, but the longer you charge, the further and quicker they fire. Their force field will gradually deplete over time. If used while Noah's battle arts gauge is charged, you will start with a fully charged field slash turret, and last the, the, bullets, the, the shield lasts a little longer and the bullets hit a little harder. That's a great idea. It feels like a very, yeah, very much down-directional move solidify himself and get stuck in right right it, it took me a bit to realize what the fuck this attack was I'm like oh yeah from that what cut scene right <laughs> i think yeah i think lance uses it a few times but yeah it's kind of his to me it's like his trademark move where he's like this is the let's get stuck in <laughs> i mean yeah that's the kind of uh range attack that you would expect a tank to use mm-hmm. like a ranged defensive move which we don't really have a lot of yeah Alright, so for my dad's special, I pulled from Tyon. I pulled from Cinna. Nice. And I bet you're thinking, you're pulling from Mio next, right? No. Why would I pull from Mio? Mio's getting her own character slot. She can do her own attacks somewhere else. I had to pull from some random Magnian hero, and I didn't know where who to choose for a while. It's like I pulled out a list of the attacks, like what the fuck can I do? That's boring, that's boring, that's boring, that's boring. That's just one of the attacks I've already done. That's boring, that's boring, that's boring. Well, I guess we're just stuck left with Oriel. Or however the fuck to say the move that Fiona uses when she pulls out her banner and she gives herself a random buff. Because that's what we're doing. Noah's going to pull out Fiona's banner weapon, wave it around a bit, and give himself a random buff. It can be... These buffs are equivalent to Shulk's buff that he gets from Monado Arts. Jump, speed, shield, buster, smash. But since it's a random one where she where Shulk gets to choose, Noah could use this twice to get two different buffs. But he can't get the same buff twice. They do not stack that way. But he could get Buster and Smash. That'd be nice. Interesting. Okay. I, uh... I, I kept strongly to my my concept of, alright, we have our sword fighter attacks, and the rest of his besides ground beater are more like your normals and smashes, whereas his three other moves that he has are one from a different uh, Agnian cl- class. Right. Right. Just, yeah. 
Um, I, I had a similar idea initially with maybe mine was just using a staff and like generally speaking. Mm. Uh, okay, so Kelly. Oh, for down special, um, I didn't really. I was kind of struggling for one. I didn't. I don't love this idea, but the one I I came up with was dark banner for no or from uh, Tyon. Basically, mm -hmm. Noah, you know, he he gets uh, he changes his blade to be Tyon's arm thing, and just swirls like a circle of Mondo around himself. In you know, in uh, in, in Xenoblade Three, this is technically an, a, a frontward AOE, but I changed it to be uh, an AOE around the user, and it puts people to sleep. Although in hindsight, that seems kind of broken, just to be able to kind of pull it out whenever and put anybody to sleep. But I thought really it's some sort of like yeah. Or something. Yeah. So I don't, I don't love the idea, but it's what I got for uh, to represent. I tried to represent uh, Tyon. I, I considered that one for Tyon as well, but I wasn't sure how to like make it work and translate it good enough. But mm -hmm. on a side note, I realized I, I didn't feature anything from Senna, but I figured her giant swing could be like maybe Noah's side smash, for instance. No, sure. Or some sort of thing where uh, he hits with her hammer just to kind of have something, just to represent all six of them. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was my mindset. That that's fair. That's I think fair. I think over overfall, for instance, works works better as a as a move to represent the tactician class anyway. Mm -hmm. it, it's a shame that the best tactician class attack is actually from Tyon's Ouroboros form, and that's where the giant uh, Mondo dominoes fall. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a shame that that's the best attack. But technically, that's an Ouroboros attack. So it's like ah, can't do that. No. Okay, final All smash. Right. Final Come smashes. On. Jono, what you got? This may shock you. For my final smash. He uses a gun. Close. <laughs> Close. Close. Heavy metal jaguar. <laughs> For my final smash is called Mwamba Interlink. <laughs> 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 he was three days from retirement. Noah just watches in horror as Mwamba and the other guy hacked whatever his name is. They just form into this, some abomination. We could do it the whole time, and then they die. Two seconds later, they just fall, and the, the, the animation of them falling is what damages anybody in front of them. Oh my god! Oh. Where's Where's Council Mwamba? <laughs> Console if we can get that little shit as a console, the other console. Fuck ever. that little shit console. Fuck that guy. Oh, I love it, John. Console J sucks. Yeah, I feel, I feel kind of bad for him at the end. Nah. <laughs> he was a total brat the whole game, but then like he kind of he started to I started to kind of feel bad for him when his last in his last scenes. I felt bad before he became console J. After that, it became fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Okay, so Mwamba comes to Noah's side as the two join hands. No, he doesn't. Move on. And he says... No. After this, I'll enter retirement. <laughs> the two interlink into their Ouroboros form. A unique form for Smash. Dono, press for time. <laughs> and he just we... fell over and died. <laughs> Pressed for time, are we? Yes! <laughs> okay, it's Mio. Mio and Noah join hands and interlink into the Ouroboros form. Uh, suddenly, the Ouroboros reaches into its chest and reveals a powerful energy-charged sword from within. 
and you use that while you're piloting the Ouroboros around the stage. It's not a cutscene Final Smash. No, you're doing you are, transformation. Yeah, you have transformed into it, and you are controlling the Ouroboros. So any button input besides movement dialogue uh, will see you slash forward its sword with like incredible might, dealing oh. devastating damage after a short lag window. It pierces through shields and even super armor. Uh, it's just all around a bad time to get caught up in. Uh, there's slowdown in the movement with, with general walking, but you're impenetrable, so that kind of makes up for it. Controllable Mobius on the stage. Yes. Ouroboros. Sorry, Mo Mobius. Yes. Ouroboros. Mobiorus. The world from Sonic the Hedgehog. Mobisaurus? Yes. Oh, yeah, Eggman. I will from become Fred the undisputed master of Mobius. <laughs> so that's Ouroboros interlink. What are your guys's? So, like mine is that Noah is going to charge forward with Lucky 7. Whoever he hits goes into a cinematic. And the cinematic is more or less just a complete recreation of the Ouroboros Order Limits Unbound that Noah does with Mio. They'll start off by going into uh, Noah's Ouroboros form, do a couple hits, then they do a kick, they jump back, split, go to Mio's form, do a couple hits... Final Smash is over. Mm -hmm. It's it's just it's just limits unbound, the exact nice. thing. Why must perfection? Yeah, it almost writes itself in a way. It really does. Mm -hmm. Mine was the same. Mine was literally limits unbound. Yeah. Right. Yep. Except it's a little different, because um, it's it's hard to like think about these scenes in your head with like how much time are they going to give themselves to like do they have to speed things up. Um, so I basically just kept the focus on Noah, where he does like the he just mm. slashes everything with the sword. He jumps back, the swords come together, and he does the surfboard's mega spinning edge, where he does like the upon this sword, I cleanse my fate or whatever. He does the big spin, and yeah, then yeah. it knocks him out of the, cin the cinematic. Okay, so you just do the first half of Limits Unbound, right? If it's if it's pressed for time, like it's not really a big issue, but that's just what I went with. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, boys, extra skills. Jono, you oh, gave us a bit of, a bit peek of yours earlier. Did you have any other details you you had on it, or that was basically it? I mean, uh, it works as other meters do. You charge it up. There are elements that you can pursue to make it charge faster, racking up damage on your opponents, KOing an opponent, uh, getting KO'd yourself knocks your charge back a little bit. But generally speaking, uh, I let it all loose during the special moves, or like. And this is how it would work if you were using the Arch Gauge. Okay. For mm -hmm. mine, uh, originally this had a different name until I realized, oh shit, this is actually an art that he uses. God damn it. So originally I was going to call it Unsheath, Lucky 7. But then I was like, oh, Unlimited Sword's a thing. Okay, it's it's Unlimited Sword then. So he's going to Unsheath Lucky 7, which is going to increase all damage that he does with his uh, sword attacks that are non-specials. Because, uh, you know, he's using extra Lucky 7 now, so, you know, sharper blade does more damage. Makes sense. But in addition to that, Ground Beat is going to be transformed to Tachyon Slash. As Tachyon Slash, uh, it's still going to be a projectile attack, It's gonna, but it's going to hit harder, it's going to go faster. And on top of that, for some fun, the projectile, it's invisible now. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> it can oh, still be reflected man. or absorbed if you know the right timing. But it's an invisible projectile. Good luck, sir. <laughs> the rapture uh, world all over again. Right. 
Um, the he, Lucky Seven will only be on Shade for a set amount of time, uh, and then once it's done, the move goes on cooldown before you can use it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Wow, that's um, Zantok. You basically almost almost had what I was going for with uh, minus Lucky Seven. Well, whatever whatever you call it, Lucky Seven, a limited sword. Mine's basically that, with the caveat that during normal gameplay, every time you land a successful hit with Noah, um, a gauge by his damage uh, percentage slowly fills up. And once it reaches maximum, then if you hold shield and press B, then he pulls out Lucky 7 from his sheath, replacing every regular non-special move with, you know, basically it gives him a slight boost of damage and lets him also break shields in a single hit. Oh, Oh. So if your name is Jigglypuff, <laughs> you better watch out. <laughs> Get fucked, Puff. So it's, right, so it lasts about oh, 20 seconds or so, I was guessing. Okay. So ours are borderline the same. It's just how the activation works a little bit different. And then I do like the uh, fucking up the shields. Yeah, just bam, over. Fuck like, shielding you, try, you have to go full offense, no defense. You can't shield at all, basically. Okay. You don't want to risk it. So. All right. Well, Nobody all cares, down. Jonathan. Yeah. All right, see ya. All right. We're going to pick what moves are now. Who's going? And since he's gone, that means he gets no input. What did you say? I said it's time to pick our moves. We got we got to narrow down this move set now. Jigs. The jiggy hat. Jigglypuff is my friend and yours. No. And together, no. we will solve this moveset. We fucking better. Today, we use our power to fell a puff, and then <laughs> seize our destiny. <sighs> Sorry, what are we saying, uh, Xanthar? destroy everything. Don't use your powers for evil. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so let's get this moveset figured out. All right. Yes. Okay. Initial thoughts. I do have some. I think Final Smash is limits unbound. Yeah, obviously. No shit. Obviously. Um, extra skill, I think, is unlimited sword. Mm-hmm. Easy. Sure. Easy. Um, and, I'll, and I don't have the, the only question with Unlimited Sword, I know you're on a thing, but just to tap in there uh, mm-hmm. cooldown variant or meter variant? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel the meter variant, at okay. least with the, the addition of the sword that you can use in standards and whatever. Okay. Except more from copying a gameplay perspective, where you have to work to get it filled up. Okay. Mm hmm. All right. I just need to know yep. so I know how to like mark my own notes. It's like, right. okay, You're... do I keep this or do I need to alter this? Right, right. Um, limits unbound. I'll also sub note. I, I think Zantok. If you don't think there's going to be an issue with the timing of of the full move, I think you just need the full move. It's it's a final smash. They're allowed to be flashy. Okay. Um. Okay. There we go. The easiest part is done. Easy. Oh, <laughs> I do. I do think. Ne- you know, it doesn't necessarily have to negate some of the... Ch- if we choose some of my moves, 
um, what we did with the battle arts doesn't necessarily need to be erased. It could just be, oh, he charged the move and then did it. Uh, we'll get there when we get there, though. Any any thoughts? Preliminary I think thoughts. Over, I think overall we we kind of we're all pretty much on a similar wavelength. Like I think our our ideas can mesh together better than we thought they were going to. I agree. I agree with that. They will. They'll just make me cry on the inside. <laughs> there have been times, especially with our RPG characters, where we and sometimes our guests, if we have one on, make literally entirely different movesets that cannot together. Yeah, that was that was one, that was one, and we kind of have to figure out a way to to incorporate some representation for each person that becomes a mess. But I don't think we'll have that problem here. Um, we'll just have to kind of see. Now, where do we start? Um, if you want, we could consider. We could also consider the idea of of um, my idea of having like one move that represents each uh, person from their from the main six. If we want to just try to have that. Like just for variety's sake, then kind of work with that. Like I like the variable turret, for instance, to have a move of lances, for instance. I just realized that in, in my arts combo move, my, the the topple move is technically um, the Zeon. Yeah, like the I, guardian. I, I thought that was odd how it was. Oh Zeon, yeah, sorry. Not, like, but you you had Noah and Uni in there, but not Lance. Whatever, whatever his bash, his topple bash thing is, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, does Lance have a um? He's got a topple, right? Because it's it's break topple days for him, Lance and Uni. I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna look. I I only look at the Acnean classes. Because oh. he can't do Kebesti classes on the second half of his moves, so I only looked at Acnean. Uh, let's see. For his class, he has Bull Rush for his topple. Okay, that's the one. That's oh, all yeah. he has. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally a shield bash. Yeah, because I, I was thinking at one point, depending on how um, extra skills were receptive, that could put the arts combo on extra skill and just kick Zeon out and throw lands in. Mm -hmm. that, that That's something I was considering at one point. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's it's an interesting move, that's for sure, incorporating the different status effects. Yeah. I guess the argument there is ground beat is a fairly ubiquitous move for Noah. And I think the, the execution that we came up with, Stantok, also works fairly well. It's also a projectile move for Noah. Yeah. And I feel like this is a very melee-heavy move set. It may be that if we don't choose ground beat, we may not choose any other potential... Uh, projectile option. Because the other two, you both, you guys both had a, you had a projectile move each with the um, the chop throw or the over overfall. Yeah, I, I had ground beat and overfall. Mm -hmm. And I had ether cannon invertible turret as well as ground beat. That's true. That's true. Arts combo. I mean, I I do like it because you're you're incorporating representation of of three characters in, in one swoop. It's, it's it's a lot, I will admit. I just it was trying to be kind of like a system management within a character. Well I mean it's Xenoblade, so it fits. Yeah. Yeah. My thinking is that if, if that wasn't going to be used then then uh you need like a move to kind of like like Unis or Lances for instance, 
respectively with like the up B or the down B would be nice to kind of feature them somehow. Mm -hmm. But the arts combo is kind of a package deal. So it's either going one way and then adjusting or going another way and adjusting. Plus there's nothing saying we can't cheat and, and move like, say for instance, you want, if you don't use variable turret as the down B for instance, then you can like take uh, overfall and put that on the down B. Like you can mix and match I mean, or move things around. So, something to mention here, and this is something that we brought up when we had Flamezone on making a moveset for Lindis, because he had some ideas to incorporate Hector and Elliewood into Lin's moveset. And something we mentioned then, just like, because he was kind of approaching it from like, well, Ephraim's, or not Ephraim, uh, Lin is getting in, but Hector and Elliewood aren't. We're look, there's, there's looking at this as like, oh yeah, Noah representing everybody, but he doesn't necessarily have to represent everybody, because there can be other characters from Xenoblade 3 that get in. Like, That's true. This, this it's is... more so the system of, of, of the class or the borrowing other moves from different classes, basically. Right. Right, right. Plus, there's totally hack and hide things in Smash already. Like, oh, Paula taught Ness her PSI powers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. yeah, that that is fair. It's like, we, we could theoretically someday have all six of them having movesets on the wiki. Who, who's going to stop us? Nobody. There's no, you don't have to strictly follow that guideline. It was just yeah. an idea. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair idea. That's a fair idea. Um, variable turret is an interesting one. I may pose that it's the strongest of the three moves. I, I, I like that one, I think, the most as a down, that, that screams down B to me, for sure. And the only reason I don't, I don't, I don't want to disrespect Signifier, but I may also have something that I want to share, I was going to share later on, Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we'll see. But um, separate from the from Noah, but yeah, but also related. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, another thought. Um, arms, not arms. Um, Legs. Yeah, it's a sequel. Uh, arts master, or whatever the fuck it was called. Arts combo. That could go on down. Let's say yeah. what? Arts combo could be a down special. Oh yeah, like a Pokemon, like yeah. a Pokemon it, trainer. What? Like, like where you, you, well, you know how like a Pokemon trainer, every time you press down B, you you end up getting a different move set. Just in premise, where like every time you press the button, it it cycles, or in this case, wherever it reacts to. What, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, when you mentioned Pokemon, I'm just like, wait, are we saying, are we now saying that he's going to completely change weapon for all of his attacks and he's getting a different no, no, moveset? No, no, no. It's like, just oh, that, just, God. Just that it's like three, it's like, it's the concept of having multiple things mapped to a single move. I was going to compare it to Villager's Tree. Oh, yeah, with, uh, yeah, sorry. I guess that's more of an apt uh, comparison, for sure, yeah. You know what, That's that works much better. That's like like I'm in the middle of, of, of like saying this to me like yeah kind of like how the tree has this multiple thing and then I hear Pokemon trainers like wait yeah, you know what? Yours, I lost my better. trade what yeah no tree is better for that was sure. pretty great just saying yeah. totally breaking <laughs> <laughs> so little, little, uh, loading loading icon right here sorry about that oh word but yes that's right. I mean, I knew Oreo was a hard sell. I knew, because, like, I don't fucking know what to do for the, for the last move. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, yep. I, I do like, I think Arts Combo would work on either standard, down, or extra skill. Some attacks can go in different, work can work in different slots, and I think that's one that could be moved around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a strong move. It, it definitely is. Um, it be a case of reacting to what you'd want to map to uh, the others in each case, in either case. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if you end up going with it, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lots of options here. It's kind of the point of the whole mechanism of Xenoblade 3 with how diverse the uh, the customization options are. Sometimes so I think it's kind of, too diverse. Yeah. Why, <laughs> we don't need the gyms. Gyms can fuck off. Fuck hey, off. <laughs> the gyms are too much. They're, they're an extra thing that didn't need to be there. I was, I was upset when they were in Future Redeemed. It's like, no! God damn it! <laughs> If you think the gems, are... some, some, I, some games add too many customization options. It just becomes a mess of things to have to keep track of, especially when they all pull from the same resources. It's like fuck sake. Um, okay, I personally found the gems to be great with how they automatically, when you upgraded them, you didn't have to swap them out like in one. I like one's gem system, but but that is definitely. Way beyond what I thought three's uh, finickiness was. One has gems. Oh baby, you better believe it. If you thought the gem system, if you think the gem system in three is convoluted, just I mean, wait. Until- I I also didn't like how in two every individual attack on every individual blade type for each character could be upgraded. It's like okay, I have so much limited on my points. Oh my gosh, the how tree- the fuck am I supposed to spend these? It's a pain in the ass. Too much customization yeah. options. Right. Too many cooks. Yes. And Wamba came in and hugged everyone. My Wamba is dead. <laughs> yeah, it made a little the hug a little awkward. Until he wasn't. <laughs> Until the ending where everybody got revived and it was yay happy fun times. Oh look a goose. And the goose is Wamba. <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor, you see. Yes, right. Truly. So, uh, in terms of why don't we why don't we start small with like what we know what we're what we think looks good and work our way up. Standard okay. special is ground beat. Standard special is ground beat. Sure. Yeah, that does like Noah's de facto neutral special. So we got standard is ground beat. We got extra skill unlimited sword. We got final smash limits unbound. We have down special uh, arts combo. So it's side special and up special. I think. Um, sorry, do you want do you want this to be? I know, John, you've got a move with uh, the chakrams from Mio, and there's also right. the move the move for the Mondo. Do you guys picture them having both or or one or none? I don't think more. I think only one move per class. I mean, like in terms of the whole move set, do you want him to know how to feature a move that involves the Mondo and a move that features the chakram? Oh, I don't care about that. I think um, what Xantok may be getting to, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because he has big plans for Mio in the future on the Smash W Wiki, he may be vouching for Overfall as the side. True. Or maybe the variable turret. In terms of the side B, I think I think I liked the um, like the, the in my in like picturing it in my head, I like the over I like the Mondo incorporation just because of how how flashy and intuitive it feels mm-hmm. as a projectile move. Mm-hmm. 
Because then, if you want to, if you decided to go with that, that would save, that would free up um, a chakram move for if you decided to to use a, like a chakram projectile from you in the future, for instance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What What I was trying to say was just like I don't mind, like having having both chakram and mondo is not an issue. Okay. Yeah. But I, I would say kind of like to what John was saying, but I don't want to harp on it. Is um. I would rather avoid a Mio attack because Mio can have her own attacks. Okay. So we're going to do a Mio attack. Do what? It's just, uh, <laughs> I was joking. I said we're going to do a Mio attack. It's because in this case, both of the side B moves that we proposed, Jono and I, were, were both involving Mio moves. Mm-hmm. And then the only other one for side B was involved Mondo. And I didn't like, and my Mondo idea is basically whatever. Oh, okay. It seems like the direction we're going is that the side B feels more like the Mondo move. Um, that overrides the uh, the Chakram side B, that is. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what you were saying. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I should have clarified. I, I like the dynamic of Xantox Overfall for the side B because it's more... It it has brevity to it, so it's like a, a an easier... It, it has different dynamics compared to ground B essentially it's a lighter move yeah so it, it's a slower projectile hits multiple times compared to a hit once mm-hmm. and it has slight angle very slight yeah yeah and that's that's fair and there's really there's not many characters that are going to be using origami birds for a side hmm. paper planes man it's tie on when we get to it um does that leave the up special then Okay, hammer, cannon, slash. If you guys are sick of air slashes, I'm fine with defaulting. <laughs> I do think the battle's ultimately between mine and Xantox. Um, and it's no, credit to you, Kelly, because you did make aerial slash unique in, in how it's executed. So there is that. I think it just comes down to the idea. It's a sword move, and we have a character that can use other, other items. So maybe we should. It was kind of tied to the whole like system I had. So so if that's off the table, then I think aerial slash is also off the table because of the the launch and spike or smash uh, thing is so tied to the uh, the arts combo move. So if that's off, then, then the other one's also off, which is okay. Oh, arts I could the... I couldn't remember what ether cannon was. So I just looked it up. It's like oh. It's a uni attack. Yeah, okay. I was imagining that. like the cracker launcher item from Brawl. No, <laughs> <laughs> just so the cracker launcher gets infinite shots out of it. Mm-hmm. I think Ether Cannon to me makes more sense than Giant Swing as a. I like I like an omnidirectional recovery move as well. I I can get behind that. Instead of shoot downward to recover. Yeah, it's just such an interesting move. Do you, do, you, do you picture it being uh, any direction you shoot, Noah has a bit of knockback in the opposite direction, or just when he's aiming downward? I think it'd have to be if it was to be used, mm-hmm. which makes it very dangerous to use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so much more like a natural for Smash, because so many moves have that little bit of danger you have to consider in your strategy. Exactly. Reward. Cool. 
What are we missing? Um, did we do down B already? Down B is arts combo. Oh, we are doing arts combo? I yeah. thought we were. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought we were. I thought we were the turret. Never mind. No, no, not not this time. So just, just having the break topple days cycle yeah, sounds it, like a good idea. And the topple is lands and not Xeon. Right. Mm -hmm. So lands is still incorporated there, not as the turret, but as the, the bull rush or the whatever it's called. Yeah, mm -hmm. bull rush. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the up special, listener? You're setting me up. And I know you are because of how you were saying things. <laughs> Listen. Listen, yeah. I've made thoughts very clear on some things. <laughs> okay, I'm going to use Kelly's argument here. I'm going to use Kelly's argument here, because this is how I have to do this. Kelly, your argument was to have all six characters represented, right? As a, as a, like a personality test, like a way to kind of have, you know, his, if his alts are all going to, for instance, be his teammates then his moves to kind of represent the main six was just a just a, an idea so that means we have uni twice if we have ether cannon and makes sense none. because she, she's the best uh, i see the way around it i guess if you wanted to like i was going to bring up the whole like giant swing eye smash attacks our side smash for instance again but hmm. if we want a, a dedicated senna special move I mean, you know, we could have um, we could have a break or uh, in the in the arts comp we could have the first one. This is kind of a weird play, but we could have the break art be Senna's break art. I forget which one it is, but she has a break art. So if you wanted to take off um, sword strike and replace it with Senna's, I know it's kind of makes more sense to be Noah Lance Uni in that cycle, but if you really wanted to have Senna's break art be the first move. Uh, but that's like, it's weird because, like, you think that break would be the quickest, like, break attack, and then, like, topple is a bit slower, and then Daze is, like, has the most wind up, and they get progressively slower. She does not have a break attack. Really? She, she has launch and blowdown in Daze. Oh, I thought for sure she had some sort of break, break art, but I guess I'm no. wrong. Everybody. It would make sense for, for the weapon, but apparently not. I know she's like really good at setting up. Like she has a really high activation rate with her ogre class, for top for breaks and topples and stuff. But sorry, I am not thinking of her. I mean, if you if we're looking at things from a, I don't know, that's the right word, but like a pattern standpoint, it would be weird to have arts our uh, art combo be um, Noah Cinna, uh can't think of who would who would the other one be. It'd be a mix of uh, a mix of one side and the special moves being mixed when it can be half and half completely. It's the Kavesi triad or nothing, right? Yeah, that's more or less what I'm kind of saying. Not that it needs to be, but it feels weird to have it be not the triad and it's one of the other one of the Agnians in the middle. It's like the early it's the early game original trio that that's like yeah that's like yeah yeah. Hmm. So the Senna problem. Right. I've always had a problem with her. One Senna, thing did, Senna did nothing wrong. She just wanted to be she just wanted to have high self-esteem. Don't <laughs> well, we all? 
Yeah, don't we all? God. Um, so you could either go with um, the Ether Cannon as it is and have Senna's hammer be relegated to something like the smash attacks, like I mentioned before, or if you're cool with it, you could try the giant swing as a, as a recovery move and have that be the dedicated Senna move. Indeed you can. Indeed you can. It's can you so describe it again? Like how would, how is the recovery with giant swing work? Is he, does uh, he just jump up and swing? Uh, it's, it's the, you can think of it as kind of like a slower version of like uh, one of those, like a dolphin slash or an a, um, uh, air slash. So like he, he's going up slow as a slower jump. Uh, and instead of like swinging, sort of like doing like a clean swing of his sword, like with dolphin slash or a swipe and swipe for um, for Shulk's air slash. Instead, it's as he's going up, swing, swing. Okay. So two hits as he's going up. It's inherently more interesting than a sword because it is a hammer, so it would operate differently than the characters you, you mentioned. You said, um, oh, sorry to interrupt you, John. Um, huh. um, didn't you say that Senna has a launch attack? Yeah. Is, is uh, that the one that like, does launch, like the bouncy, the dual-sided kind of springy thing? Uh, that might be it. the The wiki does not give descriptions of what the attacks look like, so I'm not sure. Oh, I just okay. know it's the one called pressure drop. That's all. Pressure I know drop. For sure. That's it. Because I'm I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, but maybe that could be the part one of the two part move, where like he does the pressure drop to kind of bounce himself and the opponent who's right next to him up into the air, and then it morphs into the hammer and swings it. Just as a way to kind of sell the whole, like, how do you bounce this heavy weapon character into the air and use a pressure drop, for instance. Just an idea. It's a, it's a day-to-day of special. Essentially. It's, a, it's a, a day-to-day? A day-to-day of special, where you bounce up and then you fall down. Oh, you mean like a D- oh, DDD, sorry. Yeah. Day-to-day. Um, it could be. I, I pictured like you know, bounce and then swing and then just kind of fall down normally, or it could be bounce and then bring the hammer down. Yeah, either either one. Oh, okay, okay. So a Bowser Junior, except it says that's at the top, yeah, and not when you. Yeah. Okay. Sort of like okay. Uh, I can make giant swing be like Bowser Juniors. Incorporate a pressure drop somewhere in there to kind of sell the bounce. That's part of the animation. Yeah. It, it'd still be giant swing as the like the technical attack, but pressure job essentially sets it up and launches them up into the air. Yeah, would it have two um, two swings or just the one swing then? Mm. I feel like if it's working as a jump and then a swing, it can it has kind of has to be the just a solo, I feel. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it could be a swing that goes all around and not just in front. Also yeah. true. Also true. So there's a lot of ways to go to go about it. Whatever you think is most believable. It's your move, so yeah, you, you can really choose how you want to trim it. Yeah, that's true. I think that can work. Okay. Awesome. Seems like we yeah we kind of got we got a we got the trip we got the one two three we got the uh, the Mondo move we got the ether cannon move and we got the giant we got the hammer move so all six of them wait ether cannon didn't we have um, ether cannon as the myopic screen in the arts combo 
Wait, Ether Cannon and Myopic Screen are two different attacks. But Myopic Screen, Myopic Screen is an Ether Cannon. Uh, sorry, uh, Medic Gunner, whatever. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was wow. like, wait a minute. I'm on a I'm on a roll tonight. Wow. This is why you need visuals and graphics and stuff in your PowerPoint presentation. I can only do so much. <laughs> sorry. I can only prepare <laughs> graphics ahead of time. Oh, and then okay. they're just for the viewers and not for us. Right. The point the point being is that we we've successfully managed to all six incorporate, of them were incorporated. All six yes. The main the main party with a with the cameo from Riku, you know, to top yes. them off as a, as a hero basically. So there you go. Riku is the only reason to be here. Riku just Riku comes right in Opon. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not done. But let's speed run this shit. So, okay. unique traits. Uh, can Noah wall cling, wall jump, extra jumps in the air? Can his bitch ass crawl along the stage? Does Can he glide? Nah. All of the above. I would say no to crawling. Oh, interesting. No to crawling. Because he can fall down, but he can't really get up again. <laughs> All right, all right. I buy it. I buy it. You see, you've seen Chapter Five. He just kind of freezes in place. He doesn't know what to do. Um, pick it up. Um, I don't. Wall jumping. I can go either way. I don't know if he's super athletic. Or I, I don't know if. He, I think there's a case for it based on like the the cutscenes where he destroys the flame clocks and whatnot. But I'm also oh, like you. I didn't write down wall jumping. I think sometimes too many characters can wall jump. It's like, oh, hey, look, they're a human. They can wall jump. Like, no, that's not necessarily it the is case. But Inconsistent, for sure, in the main game, yeah. Yeah. Imagine if everybody could wall jump, then it would, would that be better or worse for the whole game? I don't know. I don't know. I mean... It'd be consistent. I would say... Well, the... Other, some characters have tools that, that where they don't need wall jumps. Like, can you imagine Jigglypuff wall jumping? Yeah, it becomes a case of like, can the character would the character feasibly do it in their everyday life? Exactly. No, I see the argument for. I didn't write it down. Jono. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, just it, it, would, it would differentiate him from Shulk, I guess. That's true. Mm-hmm. Costumes. We don't got to go into too much detail, but did anybody have any thoughts on all costumes? Obviously, I mean, you mentioned it already, uh, Kelly, and I am in agreement. Uh, colors would be based off of his teammates, and then some of the other hero characters in the game, whoever they are. I Color contrast. Whoever creates the best unique-looking color schemes. Personally, Kamarabi's white, I think, would look pretty good. But that's just me. Uh, I also considered... Would half of them be in his uh, sword fighter outfit, and the other half be in his military uniform outfit? I don't know. That's just one thing to throw out there. <clears throat> Jono, did you have a list that you wanted to share? Uh, not, not in particular. I was just uh, kind of going over the same, mulling over the same thing that Santok is. Like, do we want to divvy up? How do we want to divvy up the outfits? Right. Other ones, I'm like, oh, we have a Mio colored one, a Lance colored one, a Uni colored one. That obvious. Uh, also delved into DLC colors a little bit. I'll, I'll shoot Santa out of the list and he'll know what to do. <laughs> That's true. I, think, I pretty I much take the list people give me and then I cobble it together. Mm -hmm. 
if I can, uh, I got a few things, or um, it's kind of a weird, like, mid-fork in the road, because you could either go with, you know, his sword fighter default and just have them be different colors, which is President's for with his, his second one I've got here is his DLC costume too, which is his blue jacket. I'll just be focusing on the jackets here just for simplicity's sake. Or you could try to go with like the um, um, the specific class like shirts and stuff. But for simplicity's sake, I'll just stick with the, the jacket for uh, now. So I think, yeah. think recolors with the jacket based off of the different characters is the best way to go. It, it feels like, yeah. So it'd be what I've got written down is just, you know, default red, DLC costume 2, blue, Zephyr, white, although it could be could be uh, Kamaravi's, what, what's the class? Seraph? Uh, Seraph, that sounds right, yeah. Seraph, right. Uh, Meta Gunner, black and green, uh, Tactician, orange and white, Heavy Guard, navy blue with a bit of gray. Uh, you'd have to figure out how to differentiate them too. Uh, the Ogre class, yellow and blue. And then his last one could be his, you know, his unique Kavesi uh, uniform, black, all mm. black, if you yeah. want something specific. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I got. The outfit that he wore when he was a little kid. Yes. <laughs> T-shirt, shorts, they're yeah. healthy to wear. Yeah. I mean, that's true. They are. Also, Youngster. yeah, that's that's true. Do we want a half-naked Noah? No. Youngster Noah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't like the naked alts. They're weird. <laughs> it's like, no, thanks. I'm good. You can do a little beach episode. Oh my god. Only if we get naked. Iron Mario. Emblem does. <laughs> yes. I mean, he can get Shulk's uniform, even. Just give him Shulk again. Noah, but with Shulk armor. No, Noah, but with Shulk's here, copy pasted on him like people thought uh, the Shulk CSS oh. leak was. He's just god. little mech with Shulk's hair. It's like, you're, you're a dumbass. <laughs> now we're getting better. All right, so that'll be so as always that'll be determined kind of off screen as we finalize the details on alternate costumes. But the one last detail to go over is home stage. Now we don't necessarily have to come up; we don't ever come up with like the full details of the home stage here. It's just what would it be, and maybe general concepts. Uh, for me, there weren't many locations I thought were that I had like a good solid idea of. I really only had one or two. Uh, Sword March, I think, is the best choice for a stage from Xenoblade 3. You could do Origin. Uh, you could do, I guess, either of the castles. Uh, there's also the, whatever that battlefield is from the beginning of the game, that's also just having, like, extinction events going on in the in the background. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, the leading parts of the, like, stage layout. That's a possible that idea. Final Des- isn't that just Final Destination? Uh, I mean, you can add floating platforms. They do that all the goddamn time. That was actually mine. I, I said, for honest battle. Like oh, the beginning of the game. Yeah, it's like like Midgard. The stage for Midgard doesn't take place in Midgard. Midgard's just the backdrop, and it's a battlefield layout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where it gets tough because like you don't want to like, I mean, Xenoblade One already has Gaur playing. I didn't, I didn't want to do Millic Metals again. Yeah, it could also be the the theater. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh walk off. Walk off. Oh, that's a curious idea. Mm-hmm. Think of that one. Huh. If the theater could play... Uh, it could play all the most spoilery cutscenes in the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would, would, the theater, would the theater have the background be the stage, like the screen, and then the screen keeps changing to different places in the game, and then that affects the platforms that you get to oh, jump. okay, hello. That's a good idea. My concept, I see where you're going with that. How does um, that work? 
you guys do you guys care what I what I came up with? Go for it. Because I was like, yeah, I was like, do I want to do the city, a colony, origin? Um, city. I I I I just jotted this down literally last minute. I thought I had a thought maybe like, uh, Erythia Sea, as you know with uh, Xenoblade Two's uh, stage where it's Gramps going going yeah. this way. The cloud, sea. cloud sea. I was thinking, what if it was a Corneria and Venom situation where instead you were you were fighting on the ship, the Boundary, so the Boundary's uh, deck was like this, you know, with the with the bridge here. And it was like, you know, staying in place with like, it was sailing through different parts of Cadencia and every once in a while it would stop and it'd be like a bit of like a, a sandbar here and an island here. And then it would keep going. It would be like, you know, you, you get, you get the perspective. It's like the, it's like the Venom stage of the great yeah, it's, box. It's, kind it's of the Venom perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You're fighting on the ship with all the, the islands kind of, you know, it's taking a big tour around the, the sea. It's stopping at various locales to kind of like maybe six or seven different stops and then it does oh, it all again yeah. that's just i just wrote that right in the other one nice what was the name of the boat again i can't remember uh the boundary and then the bravery i think okay maybe we can call it boundary and bravery because uh i like the idea uh Arith is it's you know, got a it's got a bunch of names like you call it cadencia you call it erythia you call it the boundary true yeah True. I guess Arithia's D for the location, but mm -hmm. even that's inconsistent. Technically, Gower Plane's only a small part of, of Bionis' leg. Mm -hmm. Also true. Also true. Yeah. I, I, like, I like that idea. I also... Huh. The theater idea is also good, though. Mm -hmm. Just hard to kind of snapshot Xenoblade 3 in a, in a single yeah. state. It's a really tricky part. It, it, it is. That's why um, I was kind of like leaning sword march on mine because it's like, of all the locations in the game, like because it kind of feels weird in some respect because like there's some locations like okay this is just this place from Xenoblade One but different or this place from Xenoblade Two but yeah. different, like uh, Rex makes a crack about one location they visit in um, uh, in the DLC where they're calling like oh yeah these are the Orion Mountains and he's just like mountains what <laughs> that's not the Uriah I know. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was just like, what, what's something that is, that is seen in Blade Three? That's my, like my mind is like Origin Sword March. You, when you say like, Sword March, you mean like the city, like the interior yeah, of the city? Not, not the interior city, but more like uh, a platform that's like kind of floating around it, kind of Midgarish, but maybe could like fly around to the, like, kind of kind of give a tour of it. Essentially oh yeah, inside. yeah, you can make a strong case for the city for sure. Yeah. That's arguably the most iconic, one of the most iconic spots in the whole game. Exactly. That's why my mind went there. You know, mm -hmm. stop down by the, the founders, uh, where the founders are, and fight in front of that place. Or... Mm -hmm. Can can you do the speculation of who that statue is? It's <laughs> weird how it looks kind of like Shulk. Hey, wait um, a minute. Hmm. I'm sure it's nothing. Nicole. It actually Dime. Is. No fighting in the maternity ward. That's the only place that's off limits. <laughs> yeah, for reasons. Watch, watch the babies. We don't, we don't want to see that. Yeah, you could make a strong case for that too. I actually was kind of leaning towards the city as an option too. So, are we saying sword march? I think so. I'm, I'm easy either way, but, but I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Like, I, I like the theater idea that you came up with. My mind is just going, like, okay, that'd be a small room. How would you do platform arrangements? It'd and be weird. Like, change. 
Uh, maybe, they, maybe they appear on this on the screen, the flat screen, and, and then they they visualize and they come out into the foreground for you to fight on, and then, like the screen's back a bit, so they kind of like changes channels, and then it comes out, and now here's the platforms, and then it comes back, blank screen, static, whatever. Now here's Millic Meadows, and you get to fight, and there's Rotbar in the background, la la la, like WarriorWare, <laughs> kind of, where it's like the right. whole time Z is in the background watching the fight. <clears throat> How far will they smash this time? And then he's not sharing his popcorn. This is this is why I want to see like a reveal trailer for like one of these like newer Nintendo games, mm-hmm. like in, Fire Emblem Engage or or Splatoon Three or like there's so much they could do with all of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will make I will make the theater stage. How about Can that? I go with it? It's not that we have to select it for Noah. I'm just declaring it now. I will it's going to be Z's home stage. <laughs> That'll be a time. <laughs> he's not even a character. He's, he sits in there and does nothing the whole game. and He's like a concept. Man, remember... Oh, spoil, oh, God damn it. Play Future Redeemed. I had a... Mm. <laughs> hey, Kelly, remember how the trailer for Future Redeemed lied to us about Z? That's what I'll say. Oh, I remember. <sighs> God damn it. Anyways, I think we're good. We've, we've got things picked out. Anything else can be hashed out afterwards, which I do have something I want to discuss with Kelly outside of the uh, concept of the episode. But we'll get there. And then we'll eventually know it will be uploaded to the wiki. But that's it for this one. Um, yeah, it's got a little bit longer than you know usual, but you know, guest episode, Smash Delpius, it just happens. Especially when you have complex decisions to make. So, uh, Kelly, how would you feel about your first Smash Topia episode? Do you, would you ever want to do this again, or, or is this just stupid? Man, I oh, don't. I, I, I always <laughs> am down to check to talk about Smash with like-minded Smash enthusiasts, appreciators. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, I would be down to do it again. All right. <laughs> well, then, in that Thank case... Next time, Smash or Dash. Always how this happens. Uh, we teased this episode earlier in the season, but it had to be kicked out because there were technical difficulties. So now, for real, the next Smash or Dash, hopefully, Pirates, Ninjas. Who's going to come out on top? I don't Imagine. know. We'll just see. Yep. Wamba will make his special appearance once again. <laughs> Wamba versus Juju 1v1 on Final Destination oh my gosh the universe could not handle it no. Charlotte's kid versus Charlotte's other kid <laughs> thanks Kelly thank you so much guys cheerio <laughs>